The NASCAR Cup Series is at Martinsville Speedway today. One more shot for playoff drivers here this afternoon. Hi, fellas. Having a good day here. Hi. Either one count. I just have a big one here, guys. Get to the front. Yes, sir. Go get the clock, man. Big pressure moment. He ain't said it moment. Pretty wrong the whole time. Get a green clock at the end of this deal. It is a 100% sellout. Hey, sir. Four, three, two, one. I'm way too loose. Cannot drive it. Exit pair, entry pair. Stay cool here. You're doing fine. Hold oh, tight here. Still outside 43. Throwing into the curve. Yeah, stay cool. Definitely freer now. Certainly in the center. It's going to be a real grind all day, bro, but I like what I see. Four, four. Change for the lead, Chase Elliott off two. Take care of your tires now. Am I in way too deep? What? Little information, Josh. The leader in front of you. Got a battle for the lead. Here comes Denny Hamlin to the inside on Chase Elliott. Door still hanging. Clear, clear, clear. Green checker driver. Hell of a job, man. Three, two, one. Uncontested to the line, and Denny Hamlin has picked up the green and white checkered flag yet again. Still inside the one. You're good. You're good. Roll it. Just that stair from the top. Side. It's the one in there. Keep coming. Hold the brake. Hold the brake. All right. That's just the one car. He didn't do anything wrong. That's just all wrong. Blue Tiger, guys. You all right, guys? Yeah, I'm good. Caution flag is out. Austin Dillon up the racetrack in turn number three. Three, two, one. Christopher Bell wins the race off from Perron. Out second is Ryan Blaney. All right, there. Hell of a stop, guys. Good job. Nice job, boys. You control it. Green flag. He's falling off now. Nice and steady. No need to press. Trouble in turn three. We lost brakes there. Yep. Ouch. Caution's out. The most important pit stop of the year. Be ready when it's open. Hit the sign. Chase Briscoe will be the race leader. He stayed on the racetrack. Make sure we get our tires cleaned up really well here, buddy. You know what you got to do here. Slow stop for Denny Hamlin. We are currently racing the one four point out. We'll be in real good shape here. Real good shape. Christopher Bell in six on four tires. The drama is building. We're basically racing the 11 for points. Okay. 24 to go to determine the championship four. Green flag rolling, rolling. Chase Briscoe on the inside lane. He's got his teammate Cole Custer topside. Stopper clear, clear, clear. And fail here. Nice and smooth, Mr. Martin. Denny Hamlin just lays the bumper to Ross Chastain. Chastain gets it right back to Hamlin in turn two. Get a shot inside. Be smart right here. Just get your mark, man. They bounce off each other. So in a turn number three. See you there, Chase. You have Denny Ash trying to fill bottom. The bat again. Here comes Hamlin. Big picture right here. Nice and smooth outside. Even. Still there. You're clear. Clear. 
along with Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, and Christopher Bell. Welcome to Tracksmack here on TracksmackRadio.com. Don Hall here for the final week of the NASCAR season, the 2022 season. I didn't think we would ever get here, and man, did we get here in an amazing fashion. 
looking forward to the Phoenix Championship race this coming weekend to wrap everything up. And uh, I don't I, I just feel like we are on the verge of seeing something amazing happen. At least I hope I hope I'm not setting it up, but I'm going to bring in my co-host, Mike Haig, see what he thinks. Uh, as always, Mike from RaceDaySA.com. Mike, you think we're on the verge of seeing fireworks? I think we're going to see a whole bunch of fireworks. <laughs> what, the championship four, the final four. I feel like it's NCAA March Madness, you know, with the final four guys, you know, the final four teams. But, hey, uh, we had an incredible race at Martinsville this uh, past weekend. A lot of fireworks were shot off uh, on several for several different occasions this past weekend. But, man, um, we are finally here at the end of the season, and what a season it's been this year, Dawn. I never really thought from the get-go when we started at the L.A. Coliseum that we'd have a season like we've had this year. It's been just remarkable, you might say, on everything that's happened. Yeah, it's been amazing. There's been a couple of things, you know, uh, a couple of bumps, a couple of hiccups in the road. But for the most part, if you are a racing purist, there's nothing you should not like or, or be disappointed with about this season. The amount of laps being led by different drivers, the amount of winners that we had, the non-playoff winners that we had in the playoffs, the, I mean, everything leading up to, you know, Christopher Bell having to win his way once again into the the next round and going on. And then, I mean, we're going to have an entire segment of its own on, on the Ross Chastain move because, uh, I mean, Mike, you and I both, and, and again, we'll just say this just to intro it, but in my opinion, it, I mean, one of the biggest things I've ever seen in racing, for sure, at least that I've seen, but I will even go further and say that it probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen in sports in general was what yeah. I saw. It just... I cannot watch re I can still watch replays, Mike. And I still, I cannot not have goosebumps and stuff. I, it's like, I still can't wrap my head around what the hell we saw take no. place. And, you know, I've been doing this for 34 years now. I just completed my 34th season um, and starting my 35th now covering sports. Uh, well, mainly motorsports. I've seen all kind of crazy things that happen in drag racing and stock car racing, sprint car racing, and, you know, all the other forms of racing, drag boat racing, you know, dune buggy racing, whatever it is. And I've never seen anything like this. A guy can floor, you know, floor it, put it in fifth gear and ride around the edge of the track and stay on the, on the wall and scoot their way to victory lane faster than anybody else was going. I mean, they were doing 20 second laps at Martinsville and, uh, he runs like an 18 second lap on that last lap. 18.845 seconds. It was 0.864 seconds faster than Larson's pole winning time. <laughs> and to put it in perspective, miles per hour wise, what did we say, Mike? They, they kind of have gone on to, uh, based yeah. on the telemetry from before it went out on his car, he was doing what about 130? 130 and Parker Klingerman, we're going to hear from him in a little bit, in a little bit later in the show. He says uh, he thinks it got up to actually around 150 miles an hour at one point. And you equate that to the guys next to him. We're doing about 60, 65. Yeah. And we're talking a half mile track. You know, That's not- why it looked, it's less than a half mile. It's not even a half mile. Martinsville smaller than that. So <laughs> um, it's just, that's why it looked like it was sped up. Like, like, it, you know, like you called it a Benny Hill, a Benny oh. Hill video. <laughs> 
like yakety what is it yakety pan or no yakety sax i think is the music yeah so uh oh my god well we want we want folks to understand that this show um i mean usually the last show of the season anyways is is and it's not the last show because we'll do a wrap-up show too but i mean the last race week of the season is usually pretty big we got a lot to talk about but let me tell you folks this show I don't even know how long it's going to be. I'm I'm just going to put that out there right now because it's huge. Um, we have so much audio that we have audio that we were, we ended up like cutting and saying, okay, we probably don't need that because we've got this, but there's so much, but we, there was just so many things going on that, you know, we can't, I don't want anybody to miss anything. So in case you hadn't heard something, we're going to get it in. There's even more audio that's coming out tomorrow and the next day and the next day from when we've recorded. Uh, and unfortunately we just, we're not going to be able to get that and put that in, in here, but cause we want to get the show out to you before the race actually happens. But we want to let you know up front that we will have a ton of audio. We're, we're covering the Xfinity series and what went down in the Xfinity series. The truck series will preview those races too for uh, Sunday. We've got NHRA. Mike had a huge week. Las Vegas, uh, huge stuff. We're going to talk about uh, Eric Enders gets the, her fifth world championship. We're going to talk about that. We we're going to hear from her and uh, who else? Uh, Tony Stewart. The Tony, Tony Stewart news. Oh yeah, big Tony Stewart news. Um, he he did his first NHRA race this uh, past weekend. So we're going to hear from uh, him and uh, or we're going to not necessarily hear from him. We're going to f- hear how he did. Mm-hmm. What we're going to hear. So uh, we've got our amazing friend. Super Bowl champion Bernard Pollard. Uh, he was here with us for the first race of the season, and he's here with us for the last race of the season. We're going to have uh, a segment with him uh, on the show, and which is always fun. And God, Mike. And then, of course, we've got to cover everything that there was to cover from this past week and then going into previewing for, for Phoenix. And there's still more breaking news and stuff on top of all of that. We have some big news that has come out of uh, Petty GMS Motorsports. We will be getting a press conference. I The big announcement that is going to be made is one seven-time champion isn't enough in an organization. You need to have two seven-time champions in an organization. So Jimmy Johnson is going to come on board as a, I guess, some share owner or some some part of owner in the business and is going to announce he'll be running some races, a few races as well. Jimmy back in a stock car. How about that? And so uh, people are going to be happy to hear about that. See him back in the car. And, you know, we got guys talking about doing the, the double next year. And so there's all kind of stuff going on with it. Talking about the double, talking about, you know, the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600. Mm-hmm. Say. So, well, and let me tell you, Noah Gragson and uh, Eric Jones now for next season over there at Petty GMS, they, they haven't, well, I'm sure they do, but their stock just completely, that whole company stock just went psh, yeah. skyrocketed, bringing in Jimmy Johnson on that team. I mean, you know that with that, I'm sure comes, well, Ally, of course, is over there with Hendrick and stuff, but there's, there's so many different possibilities and stuff. It makes you wonder. I've seen fans on Mike on Twitter and stuff reach saying stuff like, you know, I hope Hendrick lets go of the 48, you know, and let's Jimmy have that 48 number over there, you know, uh, which I didn't even think about. It's like, okay, you got the 42 and the 43. 
maybe you should have the 48 over there as well. So uh, I don't know, just so much to talk about with that. You've got Kyle Busch Motorsports has an announcement that they're making Friday mo- or afternoon in regards to, I- I'm sure the, the, what, where his team and stuff is going to be doing and, and, and going forward now with him with uh, Childers and stuff. So oh, I just, I just can't Mike, there's too much. A crazy weekend and a crazy week and going to be a great weekend in Phoenix. So let's, I say, let's get started. Let's get started. So you heard there on our intro, of course, radioactive courtesy of NASCAR's race hub, uh, everything, how it went down at the paperclip there in Martinsville, you had Christopher Bell coming away with the victory winning again, uh, his way to the punching his ticket to the next round, courtesy of a win. It was a do or die deal for him had to win to get in. And he did it, Mike. Sure did. He beat Kyle Larson by a narrow margin. It was 0.869 seconds. And uh, Bell goes on to compete for the uh, championship in the championship four. And I think that that was his third win of the season. And, you know, he won that must-win situation on back in October when he uh, won at Charlotte at the uh, Bank of America Roval 500. So uh, to, st- to stay in the playoffs. So Christopher's on a, on a roll. He looks good. And we have some audio from him, so let's hear what he had to say in victory lane. What a way for Joe Gibbs Racing to get their 200th win. Christopher Bell, back-to-back rounds, delivers in a must-win scenario. What were you thinking on that final restart, Christopher, trying to catch your good friend Chase Briscoe? I see the, the emotion in your eyes. Mom and Dad, we did it! Woo! I just, I, I can't believe it, man. To come here to Martinsville, this place has always been so tough on me. And, you know, I just, pre-race, I was looking up and seeing all the fans. And this place is packed. And just, uh, I, I don't even know what to say. Just thank you so much to DeWalt, Reem, Toyota, everyone on this uh, Joe Gibbs Racing 20 team. Man, they, they believed in me since day one. You know, we went to Xfinity and did really well. And. Uh, struggled in the cup side for the, uh, the, the the first little bit, and they stuck with me. So, very just very appreciative to be here, and uh, I don't even know what to say. What is it about this race team that you guys can come through like this in back-to-back rounds, Christopher? Man, you know I say it all the time, but the driver is just a small part of piece of the puzzle for you know these races, and you know the the reason why this car won today is because it was the best car on the racetrack, and. Adam Stevens, Tyler, William, this entire 20 group, they just, they never give up, you know, our back's against the wall and it looks like it's over and they show up and give me the fastest car out here. So just, uh, I don't know, man, words can't describe this feeling. That is the emotion, Dylan, of making the championship for Christopher Bell and a must win. He delivers. And he sure did, Don. He delivered the 200th win for Joe Gibbs Racing. And uh, I tell you what, that's uh, a great you know, uh, accomplishment for that organization. And, and just, I want to go through the top 10 real quick because uh, we have audio f- from some of the other guys here, but uh, Kyle Larson finished his second and Ryan Blaney was third and poor Blaney um, gets knocked out of the, uh, you know, the championship four. He doesn't make it. Ross Jastain who stole the show. I mean, <laughs> crazy move finishes fourth ahead of Denny Hamlin, who we're going to hear from here. Just a second, Denny ended up finishing fifth there. Joey Logano was sixth. 
He uh, uh, gets in the championship four. William Byron was seventh. Bubba Wallace had a good race, finishes eighth. Chase Briscoe was ninth. And Chase Elliott, who's also going to be racing in the championship four, rounds out the top ten. And Dawn, they had um, six cautions for 53 laps. Only eight lead changes among five drivers. That was a low number compared mm. to what we've seen in the past with some of these races. And um, and so that's the... Uh, the run down there for Martinsville. And um, what do you think? Wow. I'm still, like I said, catching my breath over it because I mean, it's, it's amazing to see what Christopher Bell has pulled off in this playoffs. Uh, he just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. The fourth tier guy there, uh, as far as, you know, once the seat, when the season started, he, he was the fourth car and, um, to see that car representing Joe Gibbs. I mean, the only car from Joe Gibbs racing, uh, you couldn't have, if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have told you you were crazy. Yeah. And you know, I thought we thought Denny was going to make it there. Yeah. Denny. I mean, I'm still, I'm still baffled that Kyle Busch was out as early as he was. I mean, it just, you know, the season has just been crazy, but, um, yeah, Denny there, and and I'll be honest, Mike. I mean, I was up jumping up and down, you know, again screaming my head off uh, because I knew that Ross needed those two spots, and I didn't know what it was I was seeing. I thought he was wrecking. I thought he got wrecked because I figured, oh, he's driving, you know, balls out or whatever. He put it up in the wall and he's wrecking. And then when I realized, it's like once it registered, I'm like, oh my god, did he just pass? And I freaked out. In fact, it was so much that. Uh, we'll pull the curtain back. Mike wasn't watching at the time he was recording and I would never spoil the race for him. Never do this. But I messaged him and he's like, no, I'm in the car. And I'm, and I said, you know, I saw, I have to send you this. You have to see this right now. What happened? It it was just so amazing. And um, the fact that Denny, I, I, and, and we're going to hear a little bit here from him in just a second, but I I think I was more, I was shocked at the move, but then I was almost as shocked at Denny's reaction to it because I expected him to be just furious because of the, the, the history already between the two of them. But it was, it was just the opposite, Mike. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I mean, I, it just, I had to applaud it. I was just like, you know, yes, way to be, you know, but I think honestly, Denny, I think was like everybody else. And it was like, well, a, he was devastated. He was just dumbfounded at like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Let's hear what he had to say. Here we go. That's all we could really ask for. You know, I, 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 my team just brought a great car. I was just so happy with how good our car drove. Such an improvement over where we were here in the spring. And, you know, just needed to do better. Uh, you, in that last round, they're telling you, hey, you need this spot. You need this spot. Are you feeling like you've done enough up until that last couple of corners? I couldn't have done more. There's just no way I could have done more um, than what I did. So it's just uh, bad luck. And it's finally, I mean, a tight battle with Ross, but it looked like that for the most part it was a clean battle with Ross. No, it was racing for what your fourth spot in the championship for. Yeah, absolutely. We're both you know, battling to try to um, you know, get in there, and obviously he didn't want me clearing him, and I needed to get around him and put some gap between us, which I was happy I was able to do it, but I just uh, certainly didn't, didn't expect it, but you know, well executed. And that audio, Dawn, is courtesy of uh, 
NASCAR and, and, and Fox there with Bob Pockers asking those questions. And most of this uh, audio that we're using today, or actually all of it, is uh, courtesy of NASCAR through their YouTube page and also courtesy of Fox and uh, NBC Sports. So, um, so you heard what Denny had to say. I mean, he was kind of pretty mellow about it and not stunned, I think, more more or less. No, and in fact, you know, I mean, there when they stuck the mic in his face out there at the car on the front stretch when it first happened, I mean, they asked him, you know, about the move. And I think his words were, was outstanding. I, I think is what he said. It was an outstanding move or he executed it and it was outstanding. So, um, I don't know, but, maybe, maybe he gained a little more respect then for, for Ross. Maybe so. Kyle Larson on the other hand kind of had a different take. Yes, he did. And well, let's, let's hear it before I react. <laughs> Let me, let me play it, and then I want to know what you have to say about this. So here's a couple things he had to say. Okay. Proud of the effort this weekend with the pole and, and finishing second. So, um, ran inside the top five all race long. I, I've never done that here. never been close. So, uh, only time I usually see the top five is when I'm getting lapped. So, um, really fun day, and, and thought that we might have a shot there at the end with, with all the you know, differences and strategies and comers and goers. So, I uh, thought it would get a little crazier than it did, but uh, it was still crazier with five laps to go or so, and we able to find our way to second. Have you seen Chastain's move? Yeah, I did. What about that? I don't know. What do you guys think? You think you inspired it at all last year? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I'm a bit, uh, I don't know, embarrassed that I did because that was pretty embarrassing, honestly. I think that's, that's not a good look for our sport at all. I don't know what you guys think. You probably think it's cool, but... I think it's pretty embarrassing. Why don't you think it's a good luck? Why do you think it's a good luck? I don't. I, I don't know. Why do you think it's a good luck? I don't know. Fans smeared, I guess. Something. Okay. Was it just as hard to pass today as it was in the spring? Uh, I think it, it, it must have been a, a little bit easier. Uh, the 11 was able to drive the lead there. and um, The leaders lapped a lot of cars today. So, it, to me, it seemed like... Very close to normal Martinsville, but uh, maybe just still a little bit, uh, a little bit harder pass as you got with Nathan McCarley. In your unique position going into Phoenix, you're obviously not driving the championship for the driver's side for the owner's side. How, how do you, uh, how do you kind of uh, assess it? Like last year, you're just going for the championship a little out, or yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot on the line for us and our team. Um, uh, another championship for Rick. You know, he's got two opportunities with. Well, shoot, I don't know if Chase made it. Chase probably didn't make the... Uh... Yeah, he made it. He made it? Yeah, okay. Ross was the last last okay. win. All right, that's good. Um, so we have two opportunities to bring uh, Rick a championship, and we'd love to do that. So um, we were decent there earlier this year, and I'm sure we'll be a lot better than we were last time. You're yeah, good, so. friend. And there you go, Don. So, uh, you know, he... Um, yeah, that was his take, I guess. I mean, he... Kyle Larson's full of uh, his own opinions, you know. Yeah, well, I I think um, I I kind of uh, I agree. I listened to the Dale Jr. download this week, and I kind of agree with them that I think he should have kept his opinions to himself. But maybe he didn't understand at the moment the gravity of the moment and how much attention that was going to that move is was going to garner as far as you know on a on a worldwide level the way that it did um so i guess i'll cut him some slack with that but it's like you know 
he he come he just sounds like sour grapes mike is what he sounds like i mean he, he tried the move and it didn't work for him and so somebody else does it and it works and it's being talked about and now all of a sudden it's an embarrassing move that he wishes he never would have tried well i mean i don't know that ross even thought about trying the move because he saw kyle larson do it i mean you know ross says he got the idea because he used to do it on his nintendo back in 2005 or something like that so um i don't know i i just i i i don't know kyle's weird i i think he's weird he's he's marches to you know his own beat of a different drum you might say yeah yeah i mean i don't know i just Sometimes I guess these guys, you know, again, he just got out of the car. It was a hard race and stuff. And it's like, you know, he, he, like I said, he probably just didn't understand the the moment and all, but sometimes you just, even if that is how you feel, you, you got to just kind of like. Exactly. Well, we also have the uh, part of the last lap, the call of the last lap part of it. We have, we're going to play. And then um, also the radio chatter, the reaction afterwards, I figured we'll, hear that and then we'll, we got a lot about what ross had to say so okay <laughs> well here's the last lap call from uh sunday here we go chastain elliot bell and logano are gonna fight for a championship in phoenix take a look at what he did i have never seen anything like that before in my life <laughs> the excitement there i mean yeah just, you know it was just crazy. Definitely crazy. And then here's some of the radio chatters called it's called What's Your Reaction? I think it was the title of it on on YouTube. And it's kind of interesting to hear all these these guys uh what they thought of it as well. Cause again, everyone was stunned. So and, and this is mostly drivers and spotters talking back and forth, and I guess crew chiefs too. So it's different guys. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, I gotta get them beat too. Coming. Keep coming. Hang on, man. What in the hell? Oh, my God. Coming to the checkered flag. I can't believe what I just saw. Talk to me, boys. You made the transfer. You made the transfer, man. That was ridiculous, dude. Holy cow. Yeah, I mean, good stuff. I know that they've put out a few of them because I, I know there's another one with Joey Logano and stuff reacting and, and some others. And uh, it's just it. It it's just been crazy the 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 things that they put out. I, I think I have that one. Let me play that one real quick. And oh, okay, okay. See if this is it. Ross, Ross, the fence outside of the outside, outside, outside. Holy cow! I guess it does work. Holy! <laughs> do you see that? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Coming to the checkered flag. I can't believe what I just saw. That's literally the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. That was straight video game. That was incredible. Watch one ripping the outside wall of the fence. Holy sh! Unbelievable. Wow. I'm pretty sure he got in with that. That's the damnedest thing I've ever seen to one done. What's the one doing? He was trying to play, hold it wide open and go. He did it. That is insane. Really past people doing that? Yeah, he got in the final four doing that. Holy Come and check your gap of one. Cover your bottom up off. What in the hell? 
first one I played, but you kind of get the gist there of all the different reaction there. Everyone was stunned. Yeah. No. Everyone was stunned except his spotter. His spotter was like, you know, keep it up there, keep it up there, you know, nice and easy, nice and easy, you know. I mean, just as like calm as could be talking him through it. (laughs) I would have been like, what are you doing? (laughs) So uh, God, I mean, just, and again, goosebumps, just listening to it. It's, it's so funny because I've watched those videos over and over and over again. And so it's like, I'm listening to it and playing it in my mind as it's going on. But Joey Logano's though is still the best. Cause you can tell Joey, no matter what, just the laugh yeah, <laughs> was just hysterical. Definitely tell that. So, um, next we have some audio from Ross, several different uh, files here. First one is the interview on NBC, and and then he talks about he can't believe it worked, and then we're going to see uh, hear from him with Bob Pockers when they they actually the, they're inter- doing an interview and the car goes by and he, he gets to see the side of it for the first time I think and just laughs his ass off about the way the car looks. So, <laughs> so here's the um, interview on NBC with uh, on the front straightaway right after the race. Here we go. Hi, Norris just leaned in here and asked you when you thought of that move. You said you thought about it before today. How did you ever dream up a scenario where something like that would be what you needed to do and that it would work? Oh, played a lot of NASCAR 2005 on the GameCube with Chad growing up, and uh, you could get away with it. And I never knew if it would actually work. And I've, I mean, I've done, <laughs> I did that when I was eight years old and um i grabbed fifth gear i asked off a two um on the last lap if we needed it and we did i couldn't tell who was leading and uh i just made the choice i grabbed fifth gear down the back and full committed um once i got against the wall i basically let go of the wheel just hoped i didn't catch the the turn four access gate or something crazy but i was willing to do it and um for this track house group right I, we've done everything we have so much right this year that for Advent Health, the Moose Jockey, and Worldwide Express to lose Rob this year. It's just, uh, we've got a rose riding with us, right? An angel overhead. And yeah, I've known, I've thought about that for a long time. But today for our Moose Chevy, we didn't have what we needed. And uh, just glad we could do whatever we could do. An incredible pit stop in the last stop to even put us in position to even be close enough by our, uh, by our pit crew. Our guys are incredible. And um, all we ask for is a chance. And there you go, Don. So he uh, 
learned it playing a video game when he was eight years old. <laughs> That's so funny. So, uh, and then you said we have the audio from Bob, right? Yeah, there's there's a couple different ones here. So here's, uh, I think this is uh, no, this is the one with um, with Claire, I believe, where he said, um, I don't know. Let, let me let me play it here. I'm, okay. I can't remember. We have so much here. I'm, we do. We have all, so much. We're all running together. So here, here, here's another interview here. Holy cow. I can't believe that that worked. Uh, I hate that we were ever even in that position. I feel like we've done everything right. And uh, we just didn't score enough points throughout the day to uh, be more comfortable. But um, the effort of our pit crew on the final pit stop to give us a chance to be close enough. And then uh, just... If it didn't work on the final lap, it didn't work. We were out by two points anyway, but it worked. So happy that it worked. Um, we have a chance. It's all we asked for. Yep, and it's all he asked for. And <laughs> and then the car comes by with Bob Pockers, and here's what happened there. Listen to this. This is funny if you, you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> you just look at your car and laugh. Yeah, it's destroyed. Um, yeah, the brakes are knocked out of it. The steering's all messed up. But uh, my head's a little scrambled as well. But um, it was worth it. And uh, I'll, I'll do whatever you know, whatever I can do to to accomplish what we want to accomplish. And the, when you see the video on on, uh, I think I guess I you sent me that on uh, Twitter. Uh huh. It's on YouTube as well. Just they, they show the car going by, and they're both sitting there laughing, and it's just it's it's hilarious. And and then Don, we also have uh, his crew chief, Phil Sturgeon. Okay, he was on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, I believe this one was. And uh, here's what Phil had to say about looking <laughs> back now on what happened. Here we go. I was just as shocked as I think that everybody else was to to see him execute that, going uh, taking the white flag. You know, he asked how many positions he needed, uh, and I, I told him we needed two positions at that point. And coming off a of turn two, I, you know, I was looking at the data and the, the television feed, which is a little bit delayed from what's actually happening. And I saw a pretty big gap ahead of us. And you know, my, my immediate reaction was, well, maybe they'll maybe they'll crash in three and four, and we can drive under a couple of them, and that'll be the points we need. And um, you know, momentarily after that, I I hear our spotter. And and when we've we've crashed or we've spun this year, I can his language and the you know his the the tone of his voice, I can tell something's wrong. And he he starts telling Ross, "You hold on to it, hold on to it." And I'm like, "Oh man, we're crashing." And then you know in the next few you know in the next few seconds, I'm kind of witnessing what's happening. And I see him you know rocket past the start finish line finish line and um, you know, it actually takes a moment to comprehend what just happened because it's, you know, obviously we weren't expecting it. We've never seen it before. And, uh, so I look up at the TV quick and I, I see the tail end of it and I, I see the points flash plus four. And then I think it goes down to minus one, it, it disappears. And then it says plus four. And then that's kind of the moment that it sunk in that, you know, man, he just rifled the thing around the top and, uh, we just made the transfer to Phoenix. Just but incredible. It is incredible. Like I said, it, I don't know that that move and listening to the audio and listening to interviews and stuff, I don't know if it'll ever get old for me. I really don't. Cause I just feel like with each interview that I hear, no matter who it is talking about it, it's like I relive the event again for the first time. Yeah. 
definitely. And um, we also have, we still have more. <laughs> <Some> more <laughs> great stuff. His his car owner Justin Marks reacted. Oh, Justin! Uh, first of all, the video of them underneath when you go back and you watch the highlights and you watch them standing there watching underneath their pit box and they're like what the hell you you can kind of sense it like they don't know what they're about to see and then it's like when they realize what what it is that they see and then they're waiting they're waiting for that you know that flash of and when they see that they've made it i mean justin just you can see i think he got emotional too during the post-race stuff so uh it, it was crazy Definitely. So here's what Justin had to say. It was never anything that was talked about. It was never in team meetings. It wasn't even in casual conversation between Ross and anybody on the team. I think it was just something that was sort of the nuclear option. And I think that he kept it protected in the recesses of his mind. And, you know, I think a little tiny bit, just if I find myself in a position where I'm going to open that door, then I'm going to do it. But it was never... It was honestly, if he if if it was proposed by the group on Wednesday or something like that in the team meeting, I think the entire room would say that's ridiculous. Let's move on. That's just a ridiculous thought. But he just kept it tucked away and he needed it. and He deployed it, it was like uh, unreal. Walk us through the swing of emotion, because halfway down the back straight away, you're beat. It's not going to happen. We're not going to race for the championship championship. And then all of a sudden. The unthinkable happens. Well, I mean, that's kind of what these how these races go sometimes. I mean, it, it's the, the, the format they've created here. It's amazing how some of these guys can step up in these must-win situations like we saw with the 14, the 12, and the 20 yesterday. And so I was excited that we got some stage points to sort of pad ourselves a little bit. Um, and then I was a huge Denny Hamlin fan the last 200 laps of that race, just, you know, hoping that – that he would win and it'd be pretty comfortable. But you're right. The last couple laps, you know, you know, Denny had to, he had to pass cars at the end and he did. And, and so every time he'd pass somebody, we had to pass somebody and, and, you know, we take the white flag. We're, we're two down at that moment. You sort of, the first thought comes into your mind, like, man, that's a bummer, but what a season. So proud of everybody. Like you already start to figure out how to manage it in your mind and manage your emotions. And then the world just watched what we all watched. And, uh, and it just was, was just shocking. It was completely, completely out of left field. And, uh, and then we were in. So that what you saw me, all the video of, of sort of people jumping around and me kind of frozen in time. I, I just, I was, the emotions were, is that legal? Is, is what I just saw, did it actually happen? And then I, and then I just had the, I looked at the points uh, update on the te- television broadcast, but I had to just sit there and process it for a minute before I started jumping up and down because it just was so unprecedented that you just don't know how to react in that moment. Yeah, it really was, Don. I mean, it was you don't know how to react. And that's why what made this so great is no one really knew until they went back and looked at it. And did I see that? I really see what I just saw. Yeah. And, and, you know, you heard uh, Justin, there talking with Dave Moody. Uh, it was on a uh, Dave show and uh, Moody from the get go. I mean, I was watching his Twitter feed and he poo pooed on, on, on Kyle Larson and on any of the guys that were like, uh, taking shots at the move or whatever. He's, you know, he, he was a huge fan of it and you can hear it there in the interview. You know, he was, you could just tell just listening to him and the way he was asking the questions and then reacting to Justin, how, uh, again, I think all of us, we just, I can't even imagine, you know, Moody and, and, and Striegel and them in the booth calling it there. I know I've talked with Rick Allen, um, 
he said all he could do was kind of laugh because <laughs> he didn't really know what how to process it. Um, Mike, I know I've told you we were listening to um, the Dell Junior download this week and Steve Latart was on and Steve talks about the fact that you know, him and Rick Allen are in a booth together and then Burton and, and Junior in a booth. And uh, they've shown video of Burton and, and Jeff, or, I'm sorry, of Burton and Junior reacting and you can see them. And I mean, Jeff is like banging on 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 Junior and you know, just like, what the hell did we just see? And of course, the first thing that comes to Junior's mind is it's a video game move, you know, but um <laughs> But Steve Latart actually goes on to say something to the effect of he never bothers Rick during the final uh, final lap because he knows that Rick is focused on the win so that he can get that out, you know, and, and stuff. But he was like tapping at him when he saw it because he he knew that Rick was focused on what was going on the first, you know, with the first and second place guys. And he wasn't sure if he could see what was happening in his peripheral and he wanted him to get that call. And he did. He got it. So. Um, I'm excited, Mike, because tentatively, and we always say tentatively because we schedule people, but you never know what can happen. But Rick is scheduled to join us next week on our wrap up show. So I can't wait to hear him, what goes through his head. Because, you know, these guys, you always have to wonder, do they kind of pre-record in their own minds what they're going to say for a finish, you know, and then they just sub in the the guy's name and a couple of facts or whatever. or Like what the hell could have prepared him? For, for calling that i i mean kudos to him for being able because you can even hear it in his rick has the deepest voice and that voice octave i mean he was up there with with burton and junior <laughs> uh it was crazy this was uh can you imagine that this was for the win it had, had he passed you know say denny was the race leader and and uh he passed him right there at the finish line for the win what was, kind of we would be talking about then it was epic and that's the thing that i i you know when i messaged rick i said to think rick i mean you have that call that yeah. move is going to be something that people will watch for for decades and decades you know it's going to be one of those things and you, you know, like know the grass call you know passing the grass it's like alan bestwick you know with uh learning you know lessons learned from his father you know i mean the the calls of you know these famous calls that you're that you know and you you remember um i mean that's he's you know it's like that's your voice with that move i mean it's just insane so so cool definitely well we have three more that i want to play tonight uh okay Next one is Parker Klinger, Klingerman. Uh, he did some math and he he looked at it and kind of analyzed it. And he had an interesting take, Don, about the speed of that lap and how fast he was actually going. So here's what Parker had to say. Okay. All right. Craziest thing I've ever seen. What a wild move by Ross Chastain in the last lap of the Martinsville Cup race there down the train for the video game move. We've always wondered if it would work. I've always thought about it. I think everyone has. Uh, and he did it right where he lined up onto the wall and just rode it flat out. So I went and looked at the data after you see the move here. Um, and the data shows that at the time he goes into the wall, he is going over 50 miles per hour faster than on any lap. <laughs> so he's doing about 126 miles an hour. Uh, let's see. Let's make sure about that. 130, basically. 130 miles an hour uh, as the data then cuts out and gets messed up. So... Uh, an awesome move. I talked to Chase Briscoe afterwards. We were both just laughing, thinking that was insane. Does open a can of worms. 
we were immediately wondering where else this would work. So let's see how NASCAR responds to this in the future. But for now, just revel in the bliss. It's absolutely hilarious. And he's right. I mean, it's like on one hand, it it, it was this awesome move, but it was hilarious. I mean, to watch it, you thought that somebody had like taken the video and like screwed with the video and fast forwarded it or something. It was just, it's so funny to watch it. It does not look, I tell you what, my, the TV version of it is one thing. It's the video that I have seen from fans in the stands and their video of it that just blows me away. Exactly. So he talked about how NASCAR is going to react. We're going to hear about how NASCAR reacted in just a second, but first, one more, Larry McReynolds had a really interesting take on all of this. And so uh, here's what Larry Mack had to say. What happened yesterday, regardless if it worked or not, is pushing this sport forward. People That could only happen in NASCAR. It couldn't happen. It might could happen at the local Saturday night short track race, but it couldn't happen in any form of motorsports. And everybody... Hardcore, casual, maybe tune in once in a while, are talking about it this morning. And that kid, he didn't shortcut the track. He didn't wreck nobody. He didn't bring a caution out. He destroyed his race car. But that shows passion. He, I talked to Brandon last night, his spotter, Brandon McReynolds. I said, what, what happened? What went on? He said, we told him, as he came up off turn two, you got to get two spots. And you know what? He wasn't going to get them no other way. And he didn't He didn't just stay in the throttle. I guess he could have just stayed in the throttle and in the groove and plowed through whoever the two or three in front of him was and hope it came out for the good. But the kid went about it another way. And anybody that faults him for that, and, na- and shame on NASCAR, if they are even considering coming up with a rule, Forbid them. That would be that would be just ripping us apart if they come up with a rule that's. What are you going to say? You can't get against the wall. Hey, what is the rule going to be for Pete's sake? <laughs> it's almost like a like a like a preacher at the, yeah. at the you know. But that's Larry Mack. He's the co-host of Sirius XM's On Track. Yeah, that was him earlier this week, and <laughs> I he love. Was very passionate about it. Yes, he was. He definitely was. So I love Larry Mack. I do too. I, every time I hear him, I always think of him coming on our show and me making him tell his cigar story at the pool. I was just thinking <laughs> about that. I was, I was listening to it. I was going to tell you that when we got through uh, hearing that sound bite there about the cigar incident with the lady at, by the pool. <laughs> you just go back and pull that one day and play that sometime. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. Well, I mean, he mentions NASCAR, Mike, and I, I guess that's who we've got to hear from uh, lastly, huh? Yeah, Steve O'Donnell. Uh, very interesting take what Steve had to say. So here we go. What is the sanctioning body's take on that move and the potential of those moves like them going forward? Well, um, we've seen similar attempts, um, but never successfully, right? So in our 75-year history, no one has successfully done that. Um, so Ross pulled off a, a first that we all saw that I don't think anyone was thinking about. I think, you know, when you, when you saw that, it was like everyone has described like a video game move. So uh, certainly within the rules, um, what he did and was able to execute it. Um, so, you know, as with anything you see for a first time, you got to take a look. We've had a number of discussions internally about that move and all the what ifs, but 
you know, that's within the rules and, and believe that's where we'll be uh, for Phoenix as well and then something we can definitely evaluate in the offseason. Will you hear from other drivers? Because we had some other drivers say that they thought that was going to, quote, open up a can of worms. I would imagine you're going to get some feedback from them, Steve. Oh, sure. And I've also heard from some that said that was the coolest move. Don't do anything. So, um, you know, it's all, it's all over the board. It always is. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we recognize, right, we're, we're the government. Um, it's our job to, to make the call. It's not, it's not liked, um, you know, and if you make half the folks happy and half angry, you've usually hit the right, the right, uh, the right tone with whatever call. But, you know, where we're at today is, you know, we're going to go to Phoenix. We're going to race for a championship. We'll, see what happens there in terms of, you know, on track and, and what's executable and, and look over the off season like we always do on all of our rules. Um, but at this point, you know, in looking at it, it was a move that was within the bounds of the rule book and really don't think it's right to adjust the rules when, you know, for 35 points races, we've been one way and then throw, throw a wrinkle in it for the 36. There you go. Well, he, I, I mean, again, I don't see any reason like the, like they said, he, he he didn't do anything. He used the track. I mean, that's part of the track. <laughs> People yeah. get up against the wall. You know, Kyle Larson rim rides the the wall constantly at lots of tracks. That's what Kyle's known for. Robbie Gordon used to do it. Dell Jr. used to do it. Juan Pablo Montoya used to do it. I mean, they all would run that high line as high as they could. And I mean, you know, so he rode it as far <laughs> as high as it would go. I mean. And pulled it off, but I, I just and and again, Mike, I, I said this, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't see. I know that they're like we've opened up a can of worms. You may have, but I mean, we've seen the move before. It just hasn't worked, and I can't. I don't think anyone can guarantee that if we see it again, and we we'll see it again, an attempt. But I don't know that it's going to work. I think everything just lined up perfectly. It was the perfect storm, and it worked this time. I do too, and I just think that it was uh, very clever and uh, very unique. We may never see this again, and I'm glad to be part of it. I'm glad that we were able to cover it and see it and be, you know, I wish I could have been there to witness it in person. Now, my sister, I forgot to tell you, my sister Amy, who lives in New Orleans, was there with her husband Paul at the race. I oh, wow. I realized that they, that they went until Sunday, uh, they they went last year. I think it was last year. They were at uh, I think it was the Martinsville race. And um, anyway, but they they they're big NASCAR fans, and they went and had uh, tickets. And my you and my sister had a video and a picture of all that and on her uh, social media. So that was pretty cool. So we were down the four: Chase, Joey, Ross, and Christopher Bell. And Roger Penske and Rick Hendrick had a few things to say about their drivers. So Yeah, I do. I just wanted to see really quick. I'm throwing you a curveball that you weren't aware of. But you mentioned those four drivers. Um, you know, today started media day out there. And Mike, I've got a little a little 60 second video here. All four drivers were sitting at a chair getting interviewed doing and they actually started asking Ross questions, the four of them. And I want to see if you, I have that video. And then I also have Ross talking about, um, he was asked if he has any plans of using that move at Phoenix, if he needed to. So um, I just want to throw those, those two out there before we move on. Cause it was something that happened today. It's fresh news. And, and I, I wasn't sure if you even got a chance to hear it. So I want to hear your reaction. So, um, okay. So, so here's the here's the the guys first of all. You didn't have this planned like you didn't like think of, you obviously thought about this for a while. 
You had to. Nobody. I've thought about me. doing this for years, Look, but I never had the reason to actually do it. You, you had a good reason and went for the it. The Indy Road Course thought. I think we can all agree. We all look at the access roads and the runoffs and all that, and where do we have to stop? Where can we right. go? I'm telling you, man, not no. I you did just not. said the heck with it. I'm putting so it against when, the wall. When did you make that decision? Like so it, coming off turn two, taking the white flag. The white with flag. Three. The white flag. McReynolds said, "White flag, like got to get two. And in one and two, I keyed up and I was downshifting, and I'm like, "Got to get him." Like, <clears throat> are you? We're sure. Like, we're out. No way, because I couldn't really tell where Denny was at. I didn't know if you were leading. I didn't know. And my crew chief's like, "Yeah, I got to get him." And like from that moment, <laughs> there was never an option of going around the curb. Like going on the bottom. I don't know why. I, I, I. That was the only first time you thought about it at the white. So he, <laughs> Joey, Joey said they're like, I just don't believe you. That li- really was the first time. So I just, I like that they all four just kind of sat there and talked about it. Um, Cause again, it's like you can still hear the excitement in their voice <laughs> on it. So uh, your thoughts, Mike? I, th- I, th- I think they loved it. I think deep down they loved the fact that he pulled it off. I mean, you, you can't help but not. Love it. Right. It, it was a classic move that will probably never be repeated again. Well, that and that audio is, uh, again, on Twitter, courtesy of NASCAR. Here was some audio. It's courtesy of a large bar stool. Um, and I guess uh, they were asking from Barstool Sports and they were asking a question. And so here's Ross's reaction to if he would use that move again. Want to do it again. Going to Phoenix this weekend. A lot of people think you are thinking now that you can do it. I I was in the car at Martinsville. It's not pleasant. It does not feel good to slam the wall and ride it that long. And the G-forces that I felt and the feelings in the car are not something I want to do really ever again. Um, But I was fully willing and am fully willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish our goals. Um, So there you go. Uh, But he, uh, yeah, wasn't a fun move to make, Mike, but he was willing to do it. He's willing to do whatever it takes. And I think I, I also listened to the uh, Dale Jr. download. I finally got caught up on it today because you had told me to listen to it. The, the, the guys also talked about it, a, lot, a lot of damn luck in that move, too, because had somebody pulled out to the side there, it could have been catastrophic. Or if and he would have hit that gate that uh, in turn four, they said. So, um, and full disclosure, uh, listening to to this, because we had so much audio and because there was so much we actually recorded this show, um, this, the show in two different days. And we actually recorded our, our Xfinity series and truck series stuff that uh, we're going to be talking about here in just a few minutes. We recorded it beforehand. So you may hear us talking about the Dale Jr. download and stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and at that time, Mike had not heard it. So just full disclosure, uh, we'll let it out there. But there was just so much to talk about. Uh, again, going into this race after the after last race, that we had to split it up over two nights. It's just been crazy. Crazy, yeah, definitely. So uh, at media, we're still day, not done. <laughs> media day, they got some uh, uh, feedback from the, some of the car owners, and so here's Roger Penske talking about Joey and his chances. Well, I think he knows how to dig deeper, and uh, Chuck, you've seen it with Dale and some of the guys you worked with over time, and. Uh, He's, he's a competitor. I mean, he's a different guy when he puts that helmet on and he couldn't be a greater father and a guy in the community when he takes it off. But, uh, you know, we think he's a leader in the team. Obviously, as Brad moved on, uh, he's really worked well with our guys. And, it's look, he deserves it and, and his experience. And uh, I think the team behind him, we were 
we made a couple changes on our pit crew uh, this past weekend, which turned out to really be great. We had some great stops, kept both the 12 and the 22 in the game this weekend. So that would, if you said, what was our weak spot? I would say it was our pit crew, you know, just not executing. They're good guys. We moved some people around, and I think that's going to support, you know, hopefully at Phoenix as it did when Joey won the last championship. It was that last stop. It'll probably be the last stop at Phoenix, too. So certainly going to be a team effort. There you go, talking about Joey. And uh, and also, full disclosure, we mentioned that we recorded in two days. We also gave our picks a little bit later in the show, so so keep keep listening. We'll tell you who we decided to might win this race here at this last race. So Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Rick Hendrick talks about the great relationship between Chase and his crew chief. I think uh, Chase uh, really respects Alan a lot. He likes... Uh, the thought process that Alan puts into a race. And I've heard Chase say it many, many times. It sure helps when a driver says he thinks he's got the smartest crew chief in the garage. So some of the innovative things that, that Alan's come up with, Chase just it praises him for his dedication to the car that he won't leave any stone unturned, hands-on, and that gives Chase a tremendous amount of confidence because he's he's mentioned to me many times. So I think I think when you, when they started together, it was respect Chase had for Allen and the success he'd had with Jeff Gordon and you know Terry Labonte, and that his, uh, his resume was so strong, and uh, they have they clicked together. I mean, they really you you see. Sometimes you have a little friction here and there with, with the crew chief and driver. I've never seen it with those those two. So they uh, they believe in each other, and that's what counts. And also, Don, uh, you know, uh, I need to correct myself here. I said that's the final bit of audio we have. That I'm talking about for the cup race. We have a more <laughs> for Xfinity and everything else. But, no, go, go and listen to what Rick had to say. They do have a great relationship They've pr- proven themselves on, on and off the track, and it's great to see that. And to me, that, that goes a long way for these race teams. The driver has to have a good relationship with his crew chief. They have to trust each other. And the, those that have, I mean, you know, the best example of that is Jimmy and Chad, all those years and all those championships and everything. And so um, it really means a lot. Yeah, no, it does. So, um Mike, I, I know you mentioned, yes, we've got a, a lot of talk that we're going to do as far as the Xfinity series, the truck series, uh, NHRA. we got to give our picks and stuff. But before we do, uh, before we wrap up, something that we need to also be watching for at Phoenix. <laughs> and I don't know what the heck, like who thought of this brilliant idea, but uh, Phoenix, you're going to see something a little different at the track that we haven't seen before. Phoenix Raceway will have a quote oasis in the sky this weekend in which 12 guests at a time can spend 30 minutes suspended 150 feet in the air while watching the race they'll also get food and drinks up there while they're suspended and i mean this video thing or this picture thing that they sent it's like literally looks like a big table and some chairs just hanging in the air 150 feet what could possibly go wrong i mean (laughs) no i would not do it i'm sorry no, not me neither, because I don't like heights. It's like I've seen on Twitter these videos of these people who like camping in the sky and like they're dangling out of like a hammock, basically. Yeah. 
that's like cliff or something yes i'm like no like what why no so anyway but there's gonna be a bunch of crazy people there in phoenix that are gonna do it and so um well the only reason i say that is like what could go wrong is you know i'm old enough to remember and mike i know you are too um and i don't mean that in a negative way but i'm old enough to remember when so back in the day, the XFL actually is the one that came up with that camera that's on the line that goes across and they do it at football and stuff now as well. But it was the XFL that came up with that. But I'm old enough to remember the first year that NASCAR used that camera. And do you remember when it came off the cable at, at, at the track and the cable was dangling out in the middle of the track? Um, I want to say it was at Daytona one year and they had, they had a red flag the race or whatever so that they could get the cable that came apart that I, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, it snapped like over the crowd or something too. Like it, it, it I think it did. So yeah. it, it was kind of a dangerous situation there for a minute. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think they've added a bunch of safety measures in place on that, on those cable cams or whatever they call them. Uh, since, since then. Well, hell they fly those drones. Now I'm always like waiting for a drone to crash into a car or something like I mean, you got to be a damn good driver of a drone to control that. They started using those at the uh, drag races in the NHRA, or right over the starting line and everything. They've, there's some great camera shots and stuff. The drones have done some really neat things with the with the you know aerial photography and little look how they do the drone around the car when it's doing the burnout and everything on the front straight. straight. So uh, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, we'll see how cool this oasis in the sky is <laughs> dangling over because god you want to talk about opening up a can of worms what neck i mean to me the only thing that i can relate to that is dover where that little bridge is over there what people sit in you know over the trip but that's just crazy that is the sky bridge or whatever they call it now speaking of like sky bridges and stuff like that uh, Circuit of the Americas has that tower, though, and I know that you can. I, I, in fact, I, I know because I looked at doing a track tour one time. I was going to look up and see if they do track tours there, and they do. And you can pay for one where you can go up in that sky tower that very few people get to go up in. But there's a ledge up there too, right? That's, I mean, it, what are, they're like? How many stories high is that thing? It's kind of crazy. 150 feet in the air. I, I have to look that up, but I, I've, I haven't been up there in my photographer friends have all gone up there and shot pictures and everything and each weekend of race weekend they allow the media to go up there and take a tour of that so if you ever come down to coda i've been trying to get you down there we may have to do this just so i can and i'm scared of heights but i i definitely like i've gone up on the roof at new hampshire and a couple of other tracks i've been able to go up on the roof before where the spotters stand and stuff and see things um and that's it's just really cool to be able to get that view so i i don't know i may i may have to take you up on that good Come I'll on down. Inch my way out there. <laughs> so, I think the NASCAR race at Coda is next March. So we need to get you down in March to start planning. planning All right. It. All right. Well, we'll see. Well, uh, Mike, anything else you want to add uh, here to this segment before we switch gears and start talking? Uh, well, talking the Xfinity series, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, and again, we're recording this segment after we've already recorded the other segment. So I'm not going to play the audio, but we'll throw it out there that Ty Gibbs did a big apology spill uh, today um, at media day. And pretty much everybody and their mom was like, not buying it. Same shit we've heard 
over and over and over again. It's not sincere, not buying it, not, not going with it. So, um, make sure you go and check out on Twitter. I know there's, there's a lot of different stuff out there. One file left. Oh, you do. Oh my, look at you pulling it out. He regrets the Jesus uh, comment. Okay. Let's hear it. Here's what he had to say. You regret the Jesus comment? Um, I, I totally do. And I think that I wasn't me. I wasn't trying to say it like that. It came out the wrong way, of course. And, and, um, you know, moving forward, I should do the best I can to be more aware of my situation and, and what's going on. I'm over here to interrupt these interviews for, um, you know, special broadcast. So. You want to interrupt this well, I am. Are you walking on water? <laughs> I, I made Jeez. some mistakes for sure, and I'm, I'm working forward to getting, uh, you know, out of this whole situation that I put myself in. Well, I mean, I enjoyed it, so, you know, always a supporter. See you guys. Have, good Have fun. <laughs> good luck. Who was that, Don? That was, was that Ben me? Rhodes. Ben, ben Rhodes, Rhodes did that. Okay, because so it, you have to go watch the videos, Mike, because uh, they talked to no. There's audio. In fact, I wish I I should go get it real quick and put it in here because Noah Gragson's like, I don't like the dude. <laughs> I mean, he's just like, I don't like him. I'm not gonna like him. I'm never gonna like him. Talking about Ty, but Noah. Uh, while Noah Gragson's talking, Ben Rhodes crashes his interview too, and I mean they they have some like funny back and forth and stuff too. But yeah, that was Ben Rhodes. I think I have it. Oh, <laughs> well, then if you've got it, let's do it. <laughs> Here's what Noah had to say. It is voice in my opinion. I don't, I don't like him. It's just speaking what everybody doesn't want to say, but why, they feel it. Why? why? What, do you, what, what, what do you not like? Not like about what? About, about time. What, what is there, too? You know? I don't know. Excited to race with Justin. I'm excited to race with Josh. Excited to race with a lot of the other guys, you know, out there in the field. Um, but just over it. Hey, Ben Rose. You interrupted my interviews, so I'm interrupting your interviews. You know, you gonna throw up this weekend? Uh, if I throw up, that means I did a good job. Ten four. It's not from anything else. Uh, no. Uh, we'll save that till uh, maybe the next. Night, I'll throw, or that night later, I'll throw up too. So, uh, this question comes live from the crowd. Eric Jones wants to know if you brought the belly. I got the belly. The <laughs> belly's ready and uh, ready to rock. Had a fresh trim with the manscape, ready to rip. So, uh, do you know why Eric Jones tweets at three in the morning? Like, no, it was like four in the morning. I don't know why it was so, so why he's up so early. It was, it's super weird. He's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's really strange. Like, he's nocturnal or something. Insomnia, maybe. All right, bye, uh, bye, Noah. Eric. You're not Eric, but bye, Anytime, bye Noah. time and Jessica. You got it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> See, right. I, yeah. Oh my goodness, throwing the curveballs. It what's what's two more audio files, right? So. <laughs> another 20 minutes of editing <laughs> right in fact i was just sitting here thinking to myself um since you know it, the recording of the past last night i talk about something that i have to use for the nugget and i can't even remember now i'm gonna have to go back and listen so i can go find what it is i said i gotta use for the nugget so oh uh, goodness gracious put the put the brakes on this one <laughs> yeah well uh all right well let's go ahead we'll move on and we'll talk xfinity series and stuff and give our picks and all so guys you're halfway through the show so keep sticking with us coming up will be our xfinity preview our truck race preview and of course we will catch up on all the latest of the nhra as well but right now 
let's go to our special guest. Joining us right now, our great friend, uh, I, I have now, I know it's that old saying, brother from another mother, but he is, like, I feel it, I feel it. Uh, Bernard Pollard uh, is back with us, and B, I think you joined us, Mike, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it the, the very first show of the season, I think, this year? So how yeah. fitting that you come back on the last race of the year. I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely a fitting thing to have you back. Hey, I'm, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's something that, you know, when you look at this, um, just talking racing um, and, and talking racing with good people, you know, that's what I love. And uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, to, to start it out and end it, can't get any better than that. <laughs> no, and before we go any further, because I like to, you know, I go all over the place. I'm ADD when it comes to, to this. Uh, Mike has to reel me in all the time. I want to put it out there right now and start uh, pumping it. Tell me about the new podcast. I know when we talked earlier and you and your nephew, I think it was, right? Was it your nephew? Y'all were doing a podcast talking racing and stuff, but you started to do more football now, aren't you? Are are you doing a football podcast as well? So I was was doing that and, uh, you know, just as, you know, we were talking uh, before we started, you know, life is just, it's, we have four kids and, and they're in all kinds of sports, travel sports and, um, you know, back home dealing with family. Um, but yeah, football, I've been talking football, but, you know, I've had to put that to the background. And, and to be honest, it's funny that you, 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 you speak on that, you know, uh, D and Mike, man, it's, it's been, it's been for me, I've been talking football for what the last seven, eight, six or seven weeks of the national football league, uh, their schedule. And, you know, I've had to sit and just reflect. And I was just like, wow, like, I really don't want to talk football, you know, and life, life is, you know, life has taken course and, and, and we've had to do things with family, but at the same time, I'm just looking like, I love like my son, like I've been watching racing. So we one TV's on racing, other TV's on, you know, football. And I've been watching a lot of football to keep up with podcasts, but I'm just like, I enjoy racing more. Like football is my love. Like don't, I don't want people to misunderstand that football is my love, but racing has just been something that I've fallen in love with. Another thing that I've fallen in, lo- fallen in love with, but it's also been one of those things where I was bruised by football and I left and fell in love with racing. And it's just like, I'm getting over that bruising, but at the same time, I'm done with the sport. If that makes any sense, I still teach my my DBs, I still do my training and everything else, but I just love, I love racing. I love talking racing. I love watching racing. I love being on my rig. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. We love having you. I know that Mike, go ahead. I just want to say, you know, looking back at the season, since we started out with you at the very beginning, uh, a lot has, has happened since, uh, that, that, that show. And, uh, what are your thoughts and comments about the season this year? I mean, man, we've had all these different winners and, all this, uh, I think NASCAR's had a great year this year. Mike, I mean, this year has been crazy. And so it's funny because uh, one of my boys, uh, Al, you know, Al, Al was just like, yo, he was like, Bernard, I, I honestly think in this ne- next gen car, he was like, I think we're going to see more of these younger guys because it's something that they're not used to. He was like, you know, the older guys are, they, they're stuck in their ways. And, and, and he said at the beginning of the, at the season, 
And I was just like, I think we're going to see a lot more younger men winning, a lot of more younger drivers winning just because this next-gen car, everybody's kind of getting used to it. They've been in all kinds of cars, but this is going to be something I think they're going to dominate in. And, I, you know, for the most part, I, I, this year has been remarkable. Like, obviously, the last couple of years I've been watching, you know, I've been learning, and I'm still learning, but when you look at everything that's taken place this year, I mean, you go from – multiple winners you go from you know guys that we've seen dominate teams that we've seen dominate to you know them, them jokers can't seem to find their footing and then you just seeing these young cats coming out of nowhere and I mean look at the final four I mean it, it, it's just for me I, I I love it and you know the fans the fans bickering and I mean the end of season D about you you didn't got into how many I don't know how many uh, internet fights with everybody over <laughs> Bubba Wallace. <laughs> so so I mean you know the drama is there the 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 new the new blood is there and I mean it, it's Mike it, it has just been awesome to be able to watch and be a part of and, and to be at these races. You know I can't wait for the championship race, but at the same time I'm actually excited because I'm gonna be doing some stuff. Um, with uh, at, at IMSA, but then that Daytona 500, I'm there. Like, that's a race that I don't want to miss, but I also got to get out to see y'all in Texas. So it's crazy. There's a lot going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bernard. I, Bernard, actually, Mike, I think I you probably had seen it too. I mean, back there a couple of, And that was actually the week of my, my son's wedding. So I wasn't a part of the podcast. So I miss getting to like go off uh, <laughs> on the show. Mike and his son handled it. But yeah. I just get... A, I like to instigate stuff too, but I just get my ass gets so chat because I'm like, again, I may be a girl, but you know, I grew up playing sports. I played in college. I played basketball. You know, I've been around football my entire life too. It's like, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm an, it, there's an inner dude in me somewhere. And I'm like, these race fans are the biggest freaking skirt sometimes. Cause I, I, you know, Oh, did you see Bubba shove the official? And I'm like, he didn't shove him and slap the dude's hand off of him because dude was trying to push him. I'm like, get, but it, you know, if it's, it, but Chase Elliott shoves a daggum, you know, a NASCAR fish or not NASCAR, a media member the week before, nobody says anything. It's just, oh, Chase was in a bad mood, you know, and I just get tired. Like I told you, I don't pull punches. I get tired of the double standards. I, I told you when you first came in, the majority of the sport, the fan base, I think the the large proportion of them are are great people, and you have every right to to not be happy or not be a Bubba fan. I wasn't. I'm a Bubba fan, and I wasn't happy. I thought the move was was crap. Right. Um, my whole point that I kept trying to tell people, and Mike and I were still even talking about it. It goes into to this past week with Ty Gibbs, is. I, and I, I swear we've got to make the damn t-shirt. It's been 18 years. It's NASCAR's consistency to be inconsistent. It's, it's constant. There's too much gray area there. I don't understand why you can get away at one track with being able to, and you know, to intentionally wreck someone, but you can't at another track because you cannot guarantee. And, and Bernard, you now represent ally. You work hand in hand with Alex Bowman. So, you know, you understand, and you've been around football long enough to know about concussions. You cannot guarantee anyone that because they're at a short track and they're only going 60 or 70 miles an hour, that they're not going to be able to get hurt, concussed, whatever. The same way that, you know, if they're going on the mile and a half track and they get, they get spun, you cannot guarantee it. It's a dangerous move to make no matter what. So either you ban it 
it, you know, just like like this is what I had told Bernard in a private message. I hate, <laughs> I loathe the roughing the passer, you know, uh, uh, calls now in the NFL because I just feel like it has completely, you know, you may as well just go to you know two hand touch below the waist because it's just gotten so absurd. I understand though, you know, if you're going to put it out there then you just got to call it, you know, and, and there's some shit that it shouldn't be called on, you know, in, in our heads and in our minds. But I can also see where in that moment like that, you got to make that call. You got to make that decision. It's a split second decision that can possibly save a quarterback or even save a, a, you know, a defensive person from hurting themselves, you know, going in the wrong way. I get it. But NASCAR doesn't have this, like, you know, it's either this or there's, you know, I don't know. It just it, it bothers me. And I think that's where you get into these issues with Bubba and with others, because there's people who feel like certain drivers get special, you know, whatever. I'm I'm right there with you. I, for me, you know, you see the double standards and I, I, like I tell people all the time, like I don't do all of the mess. I don't get I don't race bait. I don't fall into like I don't care about any of that. Like, I do, but I don't, right? Like, I'm not going to fight over anything. Like, we can agree to disagree on things. Um, but, yeah, I do understand what you're saying about the double standards. I do understand what you're saying. You know, like, it, there needs to be a clear-cut clear rule, um, you know, because it is dangerous. You can't pick and choose when you want, you know, when a wrecking is approved and when it's not approved. It's just got to be just got to be clear-cut. We have to talk about the move. <laughs> Um, I mean, the Ross Chastain move, yeah. I, the move heard around the world or seen around the world. I saw Rick Allen and Bernard, I don't know if you saw it, but he tried to do a comparison because um, I think it was Pat McAfee came on and was like, you know, what the hell was this real? And, you know, somebody p- compare this in, in other sports. What a, what? A, and he said, basically, it was like seeing a Hail Mary in the Super Bowl from 100 yards. It was a 100 yard Hail Mary pass in the Super Bowl for the win with time running out and the guy caught it that that that's the kind of move it was you tell me you you've been in the super bowl what i mean that that's a great comparison um you know when i as i watched it i literally sat there and just i was like i literally, <laughs> I literally turned my head to the side and was just like he Honestly, I don't know what that stuff, I don't know what to call those moves. I don't know what's good and what's not, right? But I'm like, buddy pulled something off. Don't know what it was, but he pulled it off. And when everybody was going crazy, I'm looking like, wait a minute. And so when he passed Denny, I was like, wait, that's why everybody's going crazy because that got him into the Final Four. And so I think I've heard Alnum talk about it before in, in, in our league race on iRacing. For me, and forgive my my French, bro man had balls. The size of watermelon. (laughs) Right. To put, like, I mean, I've always, and he's a guy where I'm like, yo, like, for some reason, I've just gravitated towards him. And I'm like, he's a really good freaking driver. Like, a lot of people don't like him. People have said things about him. I'm looking like, he... He just goes out there and drives. You can talk about him, say whatever you want to say. He may own it. He may not own it. But what he's going to do is he's going to get behind that wheel and he's going to drive the piss out of that car. And that joker could drive. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if he can be touched in Arizona. 
like I, I mean, from what I've mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's going to be Mike, you tell me. You, you've been around it for a long time. Yeah, you're right. And look who I picked on the win. Yeah. Ooh. Well, yeah. and go ahead, Mike. I mean, Mike's the stat guy. If you yeah. look at the stats, the, Mike, on- what was it last night? We were, he's He's got the worst stats at Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, he's no. really bad at Phoenix. <laughs> that anything. Not this year. Phoenix thing. Yeah. Not in this car. Yeah. Not the way he's driving. It's going to be and, good. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's, I mean, he, I mean, he's a guy, he doesn't care. I mean, I, I think when you watch that race, he's a guy who's like, okay, I'm willing to try something. I'm willing to be under control or in control while I try this crazy move and I accomplished it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was looking at something on, on, I think it was on Twitter, NASCAR put something out where they went through all these different drivers on their reactions and their, their crew chiefs and everybody else on their reactions. And for me, that was a lot of fun to be able to hear, you know, the other crew chiefs and other drivers just kind of be in awe about this move. And that's the fun. Oh my gosh. So I, like, I'm super excited about this. You know, we did a video or we shot a video going to the race in Indianapolis. And uh, I'm so excited about this. D, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. So you definitely can see, but Ally did a phenomenal job. We went back to my uh, hometown and just shot video and we, on the football field and everything else. And it was just, I mean, for what took place there, just what took place, uh, you know, all season long with with racing, with the fan base, with how NASCAR has been doing things. I'm just, I'm just in awe, and to, I'm I'm excited to see a great finish. I'm still confused. I'm still just confused about there are four drivers driving for the championship, but somebody else can come in first place. Yeah. Like I, I'm just like that baffles me. Like so. <laughs> it's what makes it exciting. I mean, Mike and I can tell you, can you imagine Bernard? I mean, cause you've been watching now what two and a half years, I guess it, it is. Can you imagine? And I know you've heard about the point system, the way it was before where we just went by points all year and, and it was confusing. Okay. It wasn't points like right now where there's 43 cars out there. So there's 43 points out there. You know, every position is a point. It wasn't like that. Right, Mike. It was like this ridiculous amount of points that you could get, and it was it was confusing. Um, but the reason, uh, go ahead. Laps and passing. Yeah. And, it, and the thing is, is that it it went away. There was some great seasons. Don't get me wrong. There was some exciting stuff, but it went away because when Matt Kenseth won the the championship, I think it was like two thousand and five or something like that. He had the season wrapped up halfway through the season. I mean, there, there literally was like 15 races left in the season, and he had already occurred enough, occurred enough points to win the championship with 15 races left in the season. Wow. And it was boring. <laughs> it, it was just he, he figured out the method was to win, and if he didn't win, to, to get a top five, top ten. It was consistent. You know, he was just consistent, and he, he you know, got enough points that way. I, you will see these people and I'll go back and forth with them on Twitter too with this. I hate the playoffs. I hate it. It's ridiculous. It's manufactured. It's this, it's that. It's like, you know, it's manufactured drama. It's like, no, every other sport has this. I mean, you can go undefeated. Look at the Miami Dolphins. You know, you can go undefeated the entire season and still not, you can be the best team, but if you're not the best team on the day of the championship, sorry you know you gotta be the best the entire season and i can't imagine 
in the in the uh, NFL, a wild card team could win the Super Bowl. That's you know? true. That is, and, that that's makes, true. and the NFL hopes for that. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that you want. That's what NASCAR needed. Do now, you like, also like the NBA? You know how they have the play in for the for the what is it the eighth, ninth and tenth play, uh, teams? Yeah. yeah. Well, same, everybody. Everybody was going after the NCAA, the, you know, I mean, kind of the March Madness kind of feel to it, you know, because you, nothing compares to that excitement of having a Cinderella team in there. You know, we, we all love it. We live for it. Um, um, I was trying to think, cause Mike and I, we talk, we've been talking, uh, you know, and, and it's, we bring you up all the time, Bernard on the show, because we're, we're always so curious as to like what your reaction <laughs> is on things, you know, when you're seeing it and going through it and stuff. Um, Will you be using that move? Will you be trying to use that move on uh, on <laughs> on your rig? <laughs> D, I'm, look, D, I'm sitting there trying to keep this car. So with me and I racing, so it's been one of those things. And I was actually just talking to some people on, uh, we were talking on Twitter earlier today. But just trying to, the hardest part for me is the small things on iRacing and just in racing period that I don't understand. Like, so when I go to race people, I don't ever finish last. I rarely finish first, but I'm not last. And and it's the small things mm-hmm. where, you know, Mike, you've been around this sport for a long time. You know, the pit crew, the, the, the adjustments that they make, you know, at pit roll, like the adjustments they make, that can be a huge difference in the outcome of that race. Oh, and yeah. so for me, as I'm as I'm on, on a rig and I'm just driving, when I go to pit, I'm just pitting like do do do, change the tires or do whatever, and everybody else they all in the settings doing this and doing that and putting air here and air, taking out air, and I'm just looking like I don't freaking know what to do, and so that's the part where it's frustrating me because I'm such a competitor, mm-hmm. and I'm like man, I, I just I I just want to beat these cats, like I just want to beat them and show them that I'm a football player that came to this sport, I'm learning it. I'm I'm understanding the tracks are different, um, and then the temperature of the tracks. I, that's another thing I didn't understand the temperature of the tracks and how that changes. You know, your where you need to take your lines and if the lines change. And I'm just like, wow. So you know, so now I'm at that point, y'all, where I'm just literally just practicing my butt off because I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm in this league already, and these guys are competitive. And to, to see them arguing on uh, on uh, Discord, oh my gosh, I laugh. And <laughs> you know, if when people say things to me, like I'm just looking like, bro, like I'll break your neck for real. Like you know, like like I'm like they just talk trash, or, or they like I had one guy threaten me, and I'm just looking like, bro, I, I'm like I told him, I said, you know, with all due respect, bro, you wouldn't say that in my face. He's like, I don't care who you are. I'm like, bro, like, like, seriously, I'll break your face. And so, you know, so just, I don't, I can't argue with people because I just, I don't want to argue. So I just, I, I calmly put it out there like, bro, like, it is what it is. And this is what I'll do to you. And I'm confident in what I will do to you, you know, so, but it's just, it's still a lot of fun. And and I've had to, I've always said I wouldn't talk trash, but I can't keep this, the, 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 just the trash talking down i gotta i gotta talk it but i'm still learning and uh i'm trying different things on the rig and so yeah i'm having i'm I'm still i'm having a blast though hey don are you you listening to this because i i 
love what he's saying, and I think he's ready to for a fire, get put on the fire suit and the helmet, and get in a real car and do this. Because I think no, I watched the video of him getting doing the burnouts, and I don't know. <laughs> oh, are you serious, Don? Don't bring that up. No, do not bring that up. You, you like you didn't even have to go there. You could have just said no, Mike. Like he's just not going to do it. You know, instead. You wanted to bring my pain into this. Like, <laughs> that was <laughs> Mike. Mike, I have no, I, I have no desire to be in a car. I know I, you told me this before. No, bro. I, I mean, what, this thing sitting right. behind me. No, nah, bro. This thing sitting behind me. I'm cool with that. I, I want no part of that rocket that them jokers be driving. I don't understand how the men and women do it. They can have it. I don't want it. I'll stick with the sim. That way, when I know if I get up, the only thing that's going to potentially hurt is my back because of that freaking seat. And I'm <laughs> looking at trying to change that thing out. So that's what we were talking about earlier uh, with Carolina, or it's actually, I think it's Victory Sims now, but my boy Casey. Um, so it's just, it's so crazy on all the different things you can do with these rigs. Like, you know what I mean? Changing the seat here or just getting a whole new rig and having triple monitors or having a curve monitor, a monitor or having a, you know, all this other stuff. So, this is the, that's the fun part for me. And, uh, you know, my kids being able to be involved and just this, uh, once again, with Ally just doing this video, like my son being in the video and my two, I brought my two nephews and my best friend. I literally like, I watched, like, it was a moment where I was just crying, um, on the, on the video. And, uh, oh my gosh, it is, it is truly amazing. And what they did with this, Butch Nam did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I can't wait to see it. Um, you mentioned, okay, so one of the things I know that uh, Mike and I were stoked about, we talked about it during the show when this happened, and I immediately, because I hadn't seen, and immediately when he told me you were a part of it, I had to go and, and watch. Normally, I listen to the Dale Jr. download um, because you can you usually get like the whole download, whereas the video, they, they edit it and they, they leave stuff out. You being a part of that in Nashville yeah. during the Q and A's, I have to ask, okay, first of all, you, you got a little glimpse, I guess, too, of there is nothing. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to think in football, maybe um, places. I mean, I know, I know Philadelphia is a crazy, crazy place to go into. I've heard, you know, to, to go play at and some other places, but you, I don't know if there is another group of people in sports that are as crazy and fun and loyal as Dale Jr. fans. Um, the man, like, I mean, for years, I felt sorry for him. I mean, he couldn't go pee without there being, you know, I mean, just this mass of people around him constantly. Again, you're a football guy. You know, now you've kind of been thrust into this. PR world almost, you know, too, and, and doing quest, doing the media side of things. And you're exploring so many different things out there. How was that? Cause that's a pretty big venue to have to be on a hot mic on. And, and, and if it's not going well with the questions, you got to kind of be the one to <laughs> transition it quickly. Well, it was, so that was a, you know, first of all, it was a lot of fun. And, and, and I'll honestly say, you know, Dale has been since I started, um, watching racing, Dell has, he has reached out to me and him and I have conversated and just laughed about things and just, you know, he has been somebody where I can honestly say like, bro, man is real. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's real. And mm-hmm. I've seen him be real to people who, you know, some people just 
you know, people don't know. And that's where I get a lot of kickback, you know, from other people all, you know, but are they treating you this way? Because I'm like, no, 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 no. I've watched this nobody go in and everybody treated that nobody like they were somebody. So I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I agree hundred percent with what you say as far as with the fan base, because the fan base is phenomenal, but no, um, Dale being a part of that was a lot of fun uh, being here in Nashville. And he was, they were just like, yo, you want to, you know, you want to, take the mic around and ask people the questions. And, and the crazy part, so it was interesting to me because it was one lady where I honestly, she wanted to fight me. She followed me around because she wanted to ask Dale a question. And I'm just like, ma'am, like, you know, you just walked up here. I have all these people that I'm, you know, you know, waiting for the questions or whatever. And, you know, being able to just laugh and see them uh, just talking. I mean, just... For me to hear the history, I, like, yeah. I don't even care about asking the questions. To be in the audience and to hear the history on the things, on how they made their cars faster, how they, you know, put weight in certain places, how they put things in, 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 in uh, not tubes, but whatever those are called. Like, they were telling me about all of that. I mean, wait the cars down and stuff or those kind of things. Right. And I'm just like, how in the world? I mean, just the stories were just off the charts. And, uh, you know, I I was just, uh, I think, you know, and and, and forgive me, I forget the guy who I want to say it wasn't Wall Trip. It was, they called him, uh, they called him initials, uh, W something. DW. DW. Yeah. So that is Michael. Yeah. Daryl Wall Trip. Uh huh. Is it Daryl? Okay, so is it Daryl Waltrip? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was just like, I mean, he was a character. <laughs> and I mean, he was just, and, and he was open and honest about, mm-hmm. yo, I had battles with this person. I hated this person. I wrecked this person. And I'll do it again. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so for me, you know, to be able to learn it, and I love, I love learning about a sport and the history and 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 the, the veteran drivers, the older drivers, he blew me away. And I mean, he didn't cut Dale nothing. He was like, "Yo, like Dale, when I raced your dad, and when I raced you, he was like, I, that was me that touched you. I, I, I touched you, and I was trying to move you. And I, you know, and I mean, that's how them do. That, that, that's how they did things. And um, to be able to experience that that night um, was just a lot of fun. And I mean, his fan base is, I mean, his fan base is crazy. I mean, they were, I mean, y'all, they were locked in. I'm talking about locked in. Mm-hmm. Nobody interrupted. Everybody listened. It was funny. Uh, but, I mean, also with him and his co-hosts, like, I, I've, I've listened to the podcast, and them two, are, they go together great. Yeah. Because they'll keep his co-hosts, and ch- they check each other. His co-hosts check Dale. They get in arguments, and I'm just looking like, yo, this is where it's at. Like, I like this. And th- that's just the sport. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to get your drama. You're going to get your highs and your lows. You're going to get things that you don't want to hear. You're going to get things that you need to hear. Like, it's just, I mean, for me, it was just a lot of fun. And I could tell with you, too, you were kind of like when they had the camera on you, you're like, because the stories that people you know, even though they're half drunk trying to get the story out, (laughs) but it's like, it's their special memory with their family or with their dad, maybe that passed or whatever. We saw you here. And before we have to let you go, uh, what do you, what do you uh, see as the outcome of the, uh, 
Cup championship, who do you think is going to win that title next week or this week? <laughs> you know, freaking a Christopher Bell, been he's he is just he has come out of nowhere and just been striking. Uh, so I like him, but just for some reason, you know, I just think I think Ross Chastain is just looking like yo, like what I did to get here, like what I literally did to get here. <laughs> I'm not letting this thing slip through my hands. Yeah. And, you know, you guys have said he's been bad in Phoenix. I've got to believe. And like you said, Mike, it's a different car. It's a different season. I mean, I mean, freaking A. I I don't, I just, I see him, I see him taking it. I really do. I I think between Chastain and, 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 and Christopher Bell, I think one of them two take it, but I'm going, I really want to see, Chastain take it um, I just simply think- because of everything that's happened this year. I think he's been dogged out by a lot of the drivers. People have been saying you, you know, when something bad happened in the race, oh, you just got you just got chastained or whatever it was. <laughs> so you know, I, I think you know he goes there, and I think he wins. And I honestly doesn't think I don't think it'll be close. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that said, you just brought up being chastained. Everyone had been waiting because, you know, it had been put out there by Denny, although Denny put this out there for about eight different people this season, but it had been put out there by him and some others that Ross would not walk away with that title, that they would not let it happen, uh, that, you know, payback would come back at some point. Do either one of you think that it we still might see that? Or do you guys think like me that after that move last week and all these new eyeballs that are going to be on the sport this weekend – do you, and excuse my French, but do you want to be the dick that takes out Ross Chastain for his championship run? Do you want to be that dude? Um, do you see it happening? Or do you think that after that move, that that changed kind of the playing field a little bit and, and may have kind of taken that out of the out of the picture? Mike, you go first. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, Don. I don't, I don't really think they're going to do that, to take him out. I think let these four guys race and – you know, I don't. I don't think they're going to. That's just my opinion. But I don't know. I, I might be wrong. Yeah. I, when you, when, I mean, I think it's a couple things. And as you said, Don, like what what he did to get in, and knowing so many people are going to be watching because he literally got in by probably one of the greatest moves we've seen I, for me. For me too. Right. So, so <clears throat> it's going to be people watching. And I agree with you. You don't want to be the dick that <laughs> do that and you're going to get dogged out. I mean, you're going to just I I don't I don't know. And and, and then too with what what I don't think it's gonna happen. I think they'll probably end up talking to the drivers because of everything that happened with, with Bubba and and and, uh, and Larson. I just think they're going, you know, these four drivers, you know, I would be, I think I would be upset and I don't get upset with drivers. Uh, I'm not, I don't have a driver that I'm just like, you know, I'm, Alex is my dog. Like I'm me and him have just just really become really cool. And, And so outside of that, you know, if somebody did that, I, I would be like, okay, I might get pissed. It might turn into one of the fans where I'm just like, yo, like I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't want that number. I don't want to, I don't want to hear that driver's name. 
I might be booing them like everybody booed Kyle Bush. Um, but I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I really do. Um I think it's gonna be a great race. And I wish I I I, I hope things change and I go. Uh but if I'm not there, I I wish I was there. Because that was a I mean, just getting to the track, seeing everything, just, just it was beautiful. And, oh, it, Phoenix is gorgeous. That's one of my favorite tracks to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, I think Chastain. I think he wins it. I, I, I don't want to see. I really hope Denny because I respect Denny a lot. I like Denny. I mean, with who's on his car, what he's representing, I don't see him doing that. I, I, I think it, it's just more or less talk. And like he put the red dot on a lot of drivers, like you said, Don. He's he's threatened a lot of drivers. I think he's skilled enough. If he wanted to pull something off, he could do it. But I think Ross Chastain actually gained a lot of the drivers' respect as well. With the move that he did. Oh, yeah. And Mike and I had to pick, I put Mike on the spot uh, last night. So, it, it okay. In the last few years, at, at least since Bernard's been watching, the guy who has won the championship actually won the race at Phoenix. But there's been a time or two. And let me tell you, Bernard, it is the most awkward thing at the championship. It's, it is so awkward when somebody that is not like that, it doesn't win the championship wins the race because they will park the champion out on the track. Yeah, I can't tell you how many years somebody won the race and Jimmy Johnson's like waiting there on the backstretch to celebrate the championship. But we got to get through, oh, so-and-so won the race. We got to get through his victory lane first. And it's like, it, it's almost like it doesn't matter if unless it's, unless it's the same guy that wins both. But do you see it? It's happened that way the last few years. But do you see that? Or do you see, because of the way this crazy season has been, somebody else winning this race that's not in that final four. I mean, anything is possible. You're going to freak out when you start. I mean, like last year, last year when, you know, when I was there and it was, I mean, that was phenomenal, but anything is possible. I, I really, I, I truly believe, I believe that. And, 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 and if it does happen, I, you know, at the end of the day, like, when a champion, when a champion, you know, gets his final his final lap and, and gets to you know do whatever he's doing, you know, I think I think the driver is going to be you know whoever wins the race if they're not you know in that final four, I think they'll you know, I will be it will be mad awkward. So now that <laughs> I think about it, I'm like that is mad awkward. It's so awkward. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, don't know, I don't know how to answer that. It is so see, Mike, we've got to catch Bernard up. And in fact, and, and I'm gonna bombard him with with some video things to watch because um I mean the Jimmy Johnson era, it was it was so awkward. I mean, really and truly it was. Um when when other guys would win the race and he's just out there in turn three waiting, you know, to come in and, and do his burnouts and stuff. Um, but I also need to send Bernard the best celebration, the best championship NASCAR celebration ever. Nothing has come close to it was Brad Keselowski celebrating and drunk, had a giant boot, this glass boot. You know, he Miller was a sponsor, Miller Lite, full of beer and he's chugging it. And so by the time they get him on air, he literally is, he, he's doing an interview on sports and he's like, I'm drunk on sports center. And it was just like, it was so amazing to watch. It's been the best, like, again, cause those guys, they get so robotic, you know? And it's like, that was just great. So to see that I'll send that to you. But um, before I let you go though, I have one other question because you mentioned Alex and I wanted to ask you this one day in 
uh, through Twitter, but I love your boy. I don't understand. So you explain to me if you understand. I don't understand the point in him coming back um, for this race. I do understand it's his home track. I get that. But I don't understand. He's been out a while. So that concussion protocol, it was a serious hit that he took. I don't, I don't understand what you gain. And my point, and I think really and truly what I don't understand is if this car is as dangerous as they've made it out to be, why would you even take that risk of racing one more race in it? Why not come back next year when they've made the, you know, the altercate or alterations and stuff to it? Do you, I mean, and and I don't mean to put you in an awkward spot because I know he is your boy and stuff, but it just seems weird to me. It really did. It seemed like a weird call to make. No, you know, for him and so many other men and women, they're competitors. Mm-hmm. And to, to, that's, that's what he knows. He knows the car. Um, he had a setback and, and this was a, a devastating blow to him um, and, 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 you know, the team. Um, it was great to have, you know, for the drivers that filled in for him, it was, that was phenomenal. But I, I think, you know, because he's at home, and because he is a competitor, he's like, yo, like, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm cleared. Um, I want to get out there and uh, I want to I want to race and I, I want to, you know, do whatever I can to, to be the best that I can be. And, um, you know, I think that's what it really boils down to. Um, you can't I, I, I say the same thing about football for football players. You know, you know, Tua came back from concussion. So many we're seeing players get knocked out left and right with concussions. You can't play this game scared. You yeah. can't drive that car scared. You know, so you, I mean, whether it's coming back in Arizona or coming back next year, you got to come back at some point. Right. And, and, you know, so I just, I just look at it and, and, and this was his time. This was his time to come back. This is where he felt comfortable. Um, and to be able to put on a show at home, um, to come back from, you know, missing multiple races. Uh, it, it's just, you know, for him, it, this is what he's got to do. And, uh, and, and I'm behind him. Everybody's behind him. And, um, do you think it happened with his crew chief too, that being his last, his last race, uh, his crew chief is leaving. So potentially, you, you know, you, you want to get that, you, you want to get that last ride, um, with your boy. And, uh, I, I don't know if that's the case, but I know he is a competitor and, and so much plays into it, you know, um, cause, Potentially all kind of things can change. You know, I don't think anything's really ever the same all the way around for a team. You know, I mean, a driver, the crew chief, the pit crew, all of it. I don't think everything's always the same. Same, same thing with, with with a football team or a basketball team. You, you're, you're always going to miss some faces and guys are going to get cut or traded. They're going to draft guys, bring new guys in. So, you know, I think this is, you know, where he's looking at it and he wants to go compete and he wants to go compete with, you know, one last time with the guy that he's been competing with all season long. So. All right. Well, B we love having you on and I know, trust me, nobody knows like we do every year, (laughs) every year with about six races left in the season, sometimes even 10, I get to, Mike will tell you, I get there and I'm like, Mike, I can't do it anymore. I just, I can't do it. It's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm over it. I'm, I don't feel it. And then something happens. And like the other day when Ross pulled that move off, I'm like, damn you, Ross. Now I'm sucked back in for enough. So we're at 18 years. I told Mike, I, I really want to get to 20. I'll just, you know, try to get to that, to, to the big two O and then we'll, we'll discuss if we keep going. But 
Um, I, I understand it's a lot of work and a lot of time. What Mike? We'll discuss year twenty five and thirty then. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus, um, <laughs> Lord help me. But you always and and I'm I mean this from the bottom of my heart. We would love to have you on here as much as you would want. So if you feel that need, that podcast need, or just that need to talk or whatever, and we would love to have you on as much as you want to come on. So just know that you have a permanent uh co-hosting platform here if you want to come on and join us anytime we would love to have you oh definitely yeah let's let's chat about that for next year that'd be a lot of fun okay well we love it so uh all right well um bernard we uh, thank you so much appreciate you guys for having me two laps let's see if we can complete them ty gibbs noah gregson making up row one brandon jones sheldon creed make up row two good restart by the 19 and that outside line as well big push by the 19 and he gets to the inside again. Three wide as they come out of two. No. Three wide isn't going to work through three and four. Sheldon Creed shoving the 19. He's sideways, but he lurches out front. The white flag one more time around. Jones Whoa. gets tagged by the 54. Whoa. Ty Gibbs out front. Jones around. Caution comes out. Ty Gibbs sees the checkered yellow flags. And Ty Gibbs put the bumper to the back of the 19, and that's the damage that happened after. Yes, they drive for the same organization, Joe Gibbs Racing. And the way they finished, it will be Allgaier that would advance to the championship four. It's one thing to get moved out of your way by your teammate. It's a whole other thing to get wrecked by him. I was thinking the same thing, and I feel on restarts, it's kind of open game, but coming with one lap to go to get absolutely turned around, going to be hard to swallow for the driver of the 19. Let's take a look, guys. Yeah, they get down into the breaking zone and just right into the back of the 19. No chance for Brandon to make the corner. I'm just not impressed. It doesn't take much of a race car driver to run another guy over from behind. It's one thing to hit him in the door or the quarter panel if it's contested, but this right here is squared up, bumper to bumper. Unimpressed. Hit him so hard it buckled the hood. Yeah, Ty Gibbs punted the 19 of Brandon Jones. And now he's going to celebrate in front of the crowd here. And this crowd is very educated. And we'll see what they think about what Ty Gibbs just did when he gets out of the car. And there you go, Mike. That was a uh, uh, courtesy of NBC, NASCAR and NBC, I should say, and NASCAR's video links on YouTube. That was the final couple of laps there during the Xfinity Series race. Uh, which kicked off our weekend of drama yeah, <laughs> from Martinsville. Wow, it was just craziness. Uh, but that right there was one of the most controversial moves I think I've ever seen, at least in the Xfinity series. And Mike, with with all the nuances, uh, you know, tied around it as far as it being Ty Gibbs, you know, he drives for his, his grandpa's team. Uh, you have his dad up there on the box, too, you know, who's a part of the organization. He punts his teammate. His teammate needed the win in order to secure his spot into the championship Final Four. Uh, Ty Gibbs needed nothing. He was already secure and in position. All this was for him is a Martinsville grandfather clock trophy, which is important on on most weekends, yes. But when you have 
uh, a teammate who can get themselves into a championship. And then that makes the field where it's you and your teammate going against two teammates from another organization, then you do it. You don't punch your teammate out. Uh, Brandon Jones gets punted out. So in the end, Mike, for the Xfinity Series Final Four, we've got uh, representing Dale Jr. Motorsports, you've got Noah Gregson, Justin Augar, and Josh Berry. And then the lone other person there representing Joe Gibbs Motorsports, of course, will be Ty Gibbs. I'm surprised Brandon Jones didn't come over and beat his little ass. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because there's one of the contenders in there, the championship four contenders that I believe we have audio from, I think. And if not, I know I sent it to you. I'm just not sure if we if we can hear it. Do we still have that one of Noah Gregson? I don't have that one ready. Okay. But... No, it's okay. And and we can always find it later or, or I'll use it as the nugget. In fact, I think it makes a great nugget. What What's going on is actually is Brandon Jones is being interviewed. Mm -hmm. And Noah Gragson walks behind him while he's being interviewed. And you can hear Noah Gragson say that get over there. I or go over there and kick his ass is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, part of great. that too is, you know, well, Noah Gragson will be leaving next year, of course, and going to yeah. Petty, which we have big news about that <laughs> um, as well. But um, as far as Petty Motorsports goes, you know, Brandon Jones, who of course currently is with Gibbs racing will be leaving and going to, uh, junior motorsports next year so he'll be a, a you know over there and leaving and he actually made some comments i know about that too as well yeah he did and you know don so this is uh for 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 ty i didn't agree with what he did i thought it was kind of a chicken shit move you know you might say um mm -hmm. but uh he gets his sixth win of the season get this don this is his 10th victory in 50 starts that's a pretty good little percentage of winning that ty's had uh for but i'm think he's going about it the wrong way and i disagree with what he did and uh, i'm surprised it's, it's just a shame for brandon jones but man i tell you what i think that was the third attempt at an overtime on that last lap uh those last couple laps there and uh well, they were almost four wide at Martinsville, and you just don't do that at Martinsville. Mm -mm. They, those guys were racing, and they put on a hell of a show for the fans and everything, but um, just, uh, wow. Uh, and, you know, um, Brandon had led, I think, 98 laps, I think it says here. Yeah, he led a total of 98 laps to Gibbs's 102. And what was shame about Brandon, he finished 23rd in the race, last driver on the lead lap. I mean, he, the car was all messed up and just, you know, what a shame for him uh, getting knocked out like that. And I just, I I don't like to see it happen like that. Mm -mm. And by your teammate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah and your teammate. It would be yeah, way not... different if it was somebody else. Or it, it would even be different if, it would be different if they were both battling for the spot to, to get in. But Ty had nothing on the line. He's already locked in. Uh, and then, Mike, the thing is, is, and this is what a lot of the controversy has been all week, is he doubles down by mm -hmm. doing this insane burnout and yeah. you, know, you would think that he would be like, Oh, Oh shit. <laughs> what, did I, what did I just do? <laughs> what did I just do? You know, I mean, I'm in the moment. I, you know, I, it, it's a blur or whatever, but let me, you know, let me think about this. Oh no. He doubles down and does this insane burnout. Then he gets out. And of course he's getting booed like crazy. Yeah. We have audio. Yeah. Okay. We're going to play the audio in a second. And he decides, well, here, I'll set, I'll set this up and then you set it up, but I'm basically setting the scene. Yeah, go ahead. He, he boot, he gets booed and then he decides that he's going to attempt and it was a lame attempt, but he's going to attempt 
to be Kyle Bush reincarnated and yeah. try to taunt the the uh, you know the crowd a little bit and he's you know getting them riled up and stuff and going on and then he comes up with just I, I don't even know where he pulls this stuff out of his ass that he starts talking about in Victory Lane but it even makes things more controversial but Mike we have the audio for all of it so we'll let the audio do the talking so here's Ty Gibbs's reaction on the front straightaway when he was interviewed here so here we go. You can hear the reaction. So, Ty, the contact with the 19 looked very. Let him get the checkered flag. Contact with the 19 looked very intentional. Was that a fair move by your assessment? I definitely didn't want to wreck him, but I wanted to get him out of the groove. I felt like we lost earlier at the spring race just in the same way, but I'm just pumped to get this win, and it's so awesome, especially a track I feel like I've been coming to forever. I ran late models here, and, and it's just been it's, it's super cool to win here. Boy, Rick, you can hear the fans, the boos raining down on Ty Gibbs celebrating a win at Martinsville, but the fans do not like it. There you go. So we didn't get the comment we were looking for on that one. No, I think it's on the Claire B. Lang. I think it's when he's talking to Claire that he says it. So, um, and I, I think we have that audio. If not, we'll, I'll go find it and put it in here. It, I don't think I've heard anyone get booed that bad. Because usually yeah. you can still, like even Kyle Bush, you hear some cheers. They got, but no. There was Ty Gibbs fans were even booing. Joe Gibbs fans were booing because that is not. And Mike, he brings up the spring race where he says he got punted. But let's clarify. Brandon Jones didn't punt him in the spring race. It wasn't Brandon. He got wrecked by somebody else. So what does that have to do with with what happened in the spring race has zero to do with what just went went down in Martinsville? I wonder if all this going to the uh, Cup Series next year in the 18 is going to his head already. Well, and, you know, we all talk about it, but um, what's so funny, Mike, is I thought about that this week because I was listening, you know, of course, to uh, Sirius XM and to other shows, and we're all talking about it, and yet we all need to back up because nothing, nothing has been confirmed. None of that has been confirmed. That's all just speculation that we're all throwing out there that we think, but none of that has ever has been announced officially. So well, that, That's true, but I have a feeling that's what's going to be announced. Well, I tell you what, on, on the sponsor, but I tell you what, he pulled that stuff over in the cup side. He's liable to really get his ass beat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, if, well, but yeah, there's the a lot of guys, especially by teammates. Can you imagine? That's what people were saying. Can you imagine what his teammates are thinking or future teammates possibly like that is not, I don't want to depend on this guy, you know, I mean, you, no. you, you know. And not only that, you know, different manufacturers as well, you know, what is he going to do to screw that up, you know, with the different alliances that they have there as well. So, but on the flip side of all this, I, I kind of have to wonder, Don, is this really good for NASCAR? I mean, I mean, this people are talking about it and with everything else that went on last weekend and at, at the track and everything at Martinsville, I mean, NASCAR has been in the news. It's, it's the buzzword. It's, it's trending right now. Um, this this has got to be good for the sport. People talking about it, wanting to see this kind of you know the personality of these drivers come out. And, you know, Ty is kind of acting like the little spoiled kid on the track. But I tell you what, stuff like this stirs up emotions and and rivalries, and it's, it's good for the sport. We've seen it before in in the history of NASCAR and. I think it's good. So I kind of, in a way, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> I well, 
what I do. <laughs> well, let's see what you think, Mike. Let's here's some audio that I think is audio we're looking for. Let me let me get it uh, in here and we'll listen to it. And we'll discuss it. Part of it. I... Does it bother you inside? You know, it's really getting to know you is what people are going to like to do. And they sometimes like to boo people. They like to boo sure. Kyle Bush. You got up on top of the car. You heard the boos and you were like, bring it on. Not everybody can wear the black cowboy hat, right? For I mean, sure. how do you feel about all this? And, uh, you know, what's inside of you on it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always go back to you know, the same the same verse that, you know, Jesus was hated first and among all the people. So, you know, that's a part of it. I feel like, you know, just, you know, silencing out the crowd. And I feel like that's what you have to do as a professional athlete. And I feel like some of the best people, you know, are going to get booed. And that's part of life. And, I mean, you can't let other people's uh, opinions and, and, and thoughts drive your actions and, and, you know, make you feel bad or anything. It's just part of life. So it doesn't eat you up is what I'm saying. No, you not know? at all. And if I did let it eat me up and I would be weak on my part. And it would be tough for to sure. Carry I mean, on. there's definitely things to learn. Like mm -hmm. I definitely, there are situations where you have to learn from that, you know, may, you might be able to let it eat you up just a little bit, just so you learn from mm -hmm. it. Um, so like maybe I do it different next yeah, time. I mean or... that, or just same same stuff like when I what happened at Texas and and stuff like that. You know, even earlier this year when I got in a, a scuffle. So there's just some mm -hmm. stuff that you might let it get to you, just so you can learn from it. But besides that, is for mm -hmm. wins or wins, and you don't you can't let it get to you. Hmm. So there you go, Mike. Um, <laughs> he compares himself to Jesus, I guess. Now, and he really didn't compare himself, but um, Mike, I, I'm not sure if you've had a chance. Have you listened to the Dell Junior download this week? No, I have not. I've I've downloaded it on my iPad, but I haven't listened to it yet. Well, Don actually got did something first. No. Yeah. Um I listened to it yesterday. Steve Latart joins the guys for the show and they discuss this. And Junior brings up a great point that he feels first of all, they were they talk about in here how just earlier before the race, they did an interview uh with Ty and Steve Latart was talking about that's the tie we want to see because it was like he didn't have talking points in front of him and stuff. It was just him. And they're like, yeah, that's what we like. We don't like this talking point guy uh, because when he gets the talking points, he sounds like this arrogant prick almost. Well, Junior, <laughs> Junior brings up a point and I thought it was excellent that that what he just said, that verse or something, that's obviously something that he has done something before. And that was told to him by somebody. And he had that in his head. And that's what he decided to pull out and use at that moment, because it's been told to him in order to wow. get him to be able to understand and process being booed and stuff. Okay. Well, you know, Jesus, you know, was not like, he's like, he's not just pulling that out of thin air. That is no, something he, that's that is a in card. His he, it's a card he keeps in his back pocket. Don. Right. Pulls it's in his subconscious. Out. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But it was not the right time to use it because, no. <laughs> you know, Jesus, I don't know that Jesus would have punted his teammates for Martinsville clock either. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jesus would have parted the seas and everyone would have gotten a Martinsville clock. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, and then Kyle Petty this week, you know, went off on, I, and, and I feel bad. We can't get all the, this show is yeah. going to be so audio heavy. And literally as we're recording, um, Mike, I am seeing, in fact, I'm going to get ready to send you some more stuff because there's more stuff that I'm seeing that has just come in and we've got media day tomorrow. I know media day. So God only knows how much shit you're, you're going to hear Mike and me, which this may be our best podcast yet. Cause you might only hear us for about five minutes of it. And the rest is going to be audio. Right. Um, but right. I just don't want people to miss a lot of the stuff. Um, and it's very easy to, because you get so much of it sent, 
that it's very easy to miss things. And so it's kind of cool. I think to, we try to put as much of it in that we feel is relevant. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not only that, it's archived in our, in our, you know, on our files and, and on, on the website and go back and listen to it. And, and, you know, people hear about it. Well, what, what happened? You know, well, we, we've got the audio. We, we, we can go back and listen to it and everything. Brandon Jones reacted. Um, he was interviewed Don and, um, I was real impressed with his prof- his professionalism, you might say, um, how he took all this. So you want to hear what he said? I definitely want to hear what he said. Okay, here we go. Catch up with Brandon Jones there, just watching the replays of what Ty Gibbs did to you down in turn one. What's the emotions right now? Yeah, first off, I want to say uh, big thanks to Tuscany Fawcett's and Menards, and uh, they've stuck with me for a very long time in my career, and I uh, had the race won, I think, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I love my guys. I love everyone on this 19 group, but I'm excited to make my move to JRM next year and be a part of that organization, and uh, a little bit more respect over there probably given next year. So I'm excited for that. Uh, we've got one year, or one year, our run race left, Phoenix. I know we can go out there and win that and shake this up a little bit still yet and uh, try to steal a little thunder there. So um, I don't know, man. I, I, I have no words, you know. I know that we uh, had some fun beating and banging back and forth a little bit, but I've never, uh, you know, wrecked him or done anything for a win, and so it just kind of shows where, where that level is there. You guys did get very aggressive with each other. Did that open up the opportunity for that sort of thing to happen there late in the race? I think it opened up the opportunity to get moved, but I don't know who about dumped and destroyed and, and finished dead last. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I needed to win the race, you know, so I, I think for, you know, second and, and last, it is what it is, you know, but I uh, just, just expected to maybe have a little bit more of a shot at it there. You know, I think that to me, that's what's fun in this sport is, is having a duel, not just completely destroying somebody's day. How do you plan to get even? I don't know, man. You know, I think that uh, he's made plenty of friends out here on the racetrack, so time will tell, man. I, you know, he's, he's going different places, and I'm going different places, so I'm sure eventually it all will lead back up there. And Jones, understandably, very distraught. And Dawn, I, if I were Ty, I'd be looking in my rear view mirror this next week, or next week in that Phoenix coming up here, because uh, paybacks are hell, and um, that could happen. It's funny that you say that, though, because that's one of the things on on the download, on Dell Jr. Download, is they asked him, you know, which box are you going to be sitting on? Which picks? And he said, I'm actually, I think, going to be sitting on Sam's uh, Sam's box because he said he's going to have to sit up there and tell him because he's not involved in his, you know, Sam, our mayor. But he's like, I think I need to sit up there and keep reminding him. Uh, do not go after, do not, stay away from the 54 car, stay away from the, because he said he will, he won't give a shit. He'll go after, because, <laughs> you know, they don't like each other anyways. They've got history. So he's got to tell him, you know, stay away from him. We don't want to do that. <laughs> but, but, anyway, uh, I, but again, it's good. Stuff like this is good every once in a while. It gets people fired up about the sport. And we're going down to the championship, you know, four now and, in the, in the Xfinity series and Phoenix is such a great track and very picturesque and all the stuff that, you know, the history of that track and everything. We've seen some great races over the years and how they fan out going out of that one turn and everything. And so I think this just sets up a dynamic possible, uh, really, really great race for Sunday. I mean, for Saturday. Uh, I agree. And, you know, I mean, the thing is, Mike is, like you said, I mean, it, it. I think it would have been not so much a black eye, but I mean, it would have been an you know okay 
controversy and stuff going into the final race for NASCAR, but then everything on <laughs> that happened on Sunday just blew that out of the water, you know? So, um, but it, it is going to make things very, very interesting. Like you said, it's basically uh, junior motorsports going again, <laughs> going against Ty Gibbs. So um We'll we'll see what happens. And and like we said, you know, Brandon Jones there, who is the teammate that he punted, will be driving next season for junior yeah. motorsports. So never know, never know what could happen. I mean, I could see I could see a scenario where, you know, maybe he doesn't get into to tie or whatever, but maybe he doesn't move out of the way, you know, I mean, uh, or or something. Maybe he kind of sets up and helps kind of block a little bit or something, you know. I you just never know. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that you can interfere without touching somebody. And I tell you what, I know we normally don't do predictions for the Xfinity Series, but I will predict that Ty Gibbs will not win the championship. Well, I think everybody has pretty much predicted yeah. that. But go ahead, tell me, give me your pick on who you think will win. Uh, Noah. Yeah, that's who I'm going with as well. So, although yeah. I would, there's part of me that would like to see Justin Allgaier. I think oh, he was yeah. an older guy. Um, yeah. Mike, just a little bit, look at me being the stats girl, but. Those three drivers, uh, Noah, Justin, and Josh Barry, the three guys from uh, Junior Motorsports, the three of them together combined for 14 race wins this season. So 14 of the wins overall were Junior uh, Junior Motorsports was dominating this season. That's very impressive. It really is. And uh, And Junior says that in his download, too, that that's a pinnacle thing for them. They, you know, to reach where they – acquire you know where not, yeah. not only where they can compete with joe gibbs racing but where they surpass joe gibbs racing and have won so many races and stuff he says for him personally that is such a huge thing for them to be able to yeah. say that that that's where you know he feels like this company has has grown so much and you know leaps and bounds and what makes him so proud well we've seen team penske and and the um and joe gibbs racing dominate the xfinity series over the past what decade you might say Mm-hmm. you know so which is good but uh old grandpa uh <laughs> gibbs had a few things to say we had some reaction from him so yes we need to hear that two different ones so here's the first one here's how he reacts to what happened with ty well i think first of all none of us want what happened last night and so when things like that happen there's going to be consequences ty knows that we all do and he's going to have to work his way through all that. And you hate it. And I hate it for Brandon, for sure. And, you know, Reem has been with us. We hated it for what happened last night. And like I said, it's something that we wish never had happened. No, I, I just think, I think, I think, first of all, Ty, like I said, it's a learning experience every single week for him. And... You know, we don't want something like last night. He doesn't want it. We don't want it. And so I think going forward, hopefully that's something that he learns from. And I think he's going to have to go through a lot because of it. And so that's consequences. And, you know, we're going to, I'm going to be right there to walk through it with him. Coy will be right there to walk with him. We all love Ty. And so those are the two different things I was going to play for, for uh, Joe Gibbs there, Don. And, and, and so as you can see, um, he, he, I think what he had to say made sense. 
I don't really still agree with what Ty did, but um, consequences. This could play play out on uh, Saturday. You never know. Well, the guys at uh, NASCAR Sirius XM Satellite Radio had Steve O'Donnell on mm-hmm. the show the, the other morning, and um, Steve had a little reaction. So you want to hear what he had to say? I always want to hear what Steve has to say. All right, here we go. <laughs> as far as the sanctioning body is concerned. Well, I think when you're at 165 miles an hour hooking someone into the wall um, for what was to us payback, um, that's very different uh, than what we saw in terms of making a move, racing for a win. That's not to say I agree with how that was executed by, by any means, but, you know, we're a contact sport. We've said that. There's a very fine line in terms of, you know, how far do you go in officiating you know, Pete, I heard you talk about short tracks. Um, maybe you didn't talk to the folks at Bowman Gray. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of tracks have things of, you know, you can't touch the leader. Uh, I don't think the fans would want us to go that route. Um, didn't Certainly didn't like what we saw Saturday um, in terms of how that win was uh, came about. But at the end of the day, I think the drivers, you know, it's in their hands. Um, if, you know, what is intent, it's very hard to judge. Um, that was that was close for sure. Um you know, but obviously we made the call to, to let that one go. So he basically, and, and I, I hadn't gone and listened to that whole thing. So I, I, if I would have, then I would have known not to discuss and just to wait because, and then we could have discussed, but that's basically what I was just saying was the, <laughs> the Bubba incident. What I find amazing in this though, is Steve says, I, I think that he missed something here because he says right. it's a racing incident that they had to separate and they didn't feel that there was intent there. I would have to argue with him. Then he must have not have listened to the Claire B. Lang interview that we played that was after the race happened because he admitted why he did it. He said, yeah. because it happened to me in the spring race here. Yeah. And so now, and again, it wasn't Brandon Jones that did it in the spring, but because he got punted in the spring race, he felt that it, you know, he was going to, you know, that, okay, well, somebody punted me. I can punt somebody else out of the way too. So he admitted his intent to intentionally punt somebody out of the way for the win. Was that Claire B. Lang interview the day of the race or was it the next day? No, it was that day. It was after, you know, how Claire has them in the race winner in after the, the, yeah, that's when it, uh uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And And it was, and it was very shortly after because it came out on Twitter, the Jesus comment and all that went all over on Twitter right after that. So it, you know, yeah, she, I, she gets them right in there. I remember that comment coming out and seeing it and thinking, wow, but I didn't, I didn't know who did the interview until we started putting this show together. When you sent me the, the interview, I didn't realize it was Claire that, that he told that comment too, actually. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, NASCAR is consistently inconsistent with their with their rulings. That's never probably probably never going to change. And and let's clarify. And I could go back and go look, but I can pretty much guarantee you, Steve either came on on Monday or on Tuesday. And usually it's a Tuesday thing, I think, because NASCAR usually issues penalties on Tuesdays. But even if it was Monday, that's still plenty of time for them to have heard that Claire B. Lang interview. Because it, it was everywhere. So um, I think they missed one there, personally. And I, you know, and again, that's like we say, that's part of, you just said it too, 
what pisses off fans. It pisses off teams. It pisses off drivers because no one ever knows from one week to the next what rule is in place and what rule is not going to be implemented. Don't we have, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but don't we have a different set of officials for truck, Xfinity, and Cup? It's not the same guys that officiate all weekend? Right. Now, there's some guys that run all three series, but yes. So maybe that's what the problem is, is it's a different set of officials. They saw it differently or? Well, I wonder though. And and maybe, you know what, that's a great question. And I'll have to reach out to um, um, our good friend, Pete Troutman. Yeah. I'll, I'll reach out to yeah. Pete and ask him, to official Pete, um, who's not official anymore. But I'll ask him because while the officiating crew on the track may be different, I don't know that in the tower, you know. That's what I was wondering. Is it a different group in the tower? Hmm. I mean, I, I know I know uh, one, one guy from Florida who uh, – I can't remember his name offhand, but he uh, does stuff with the timing and scoring. Mm-hmm. I believe he works the whole weekend. Okay. All, you know, for all three, if all three series are there, you know, Friday night truck, Saturday Xfinity, Sunday cup. But um, I just wonder is if it's like the race director, is there a truck series race director? Is there Xfinity series race director? I know there's a cup series one. Is it the same guy or is it different people? I don't know. I, I never really think about or look into who's doing all this officiating and make, making these calls. So there may, there may be some discrepancy between the series because it could be different people interpreting things and seeing things differently. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Um, that's a very good question. I think, and I don't even want, I, I kind of don't want to speculate, but I really think that there are different ones for each, um, each series. I believe yeah. there is. So, um, I mean, it would make sense if you think about it because, okay, you know what? There has to be Mike, because let's face it, not all three series travel together to all three That's races. True. So That's there true. has to be different sets for each and one. I, and I forget about that. Cause sometimes we have, well, we've had, um, a race somewhere and then the, the, uh, uh, Xfinity series is off in Canada or somewhere or, right, or right. road America or whatever. And the other ones could be, you know, Phoenix or whatever, you know, you know what I mean? So, but in the end it's Steve O'Donnell and them, they're the big wigs on top of it all. So they have the final say. Yeah. So I don't know anyway, but. It's <sighs> all very interesting. And I'm sure these their judgment calls and I'm sure it's not easy being an, an, an official making uh-huh. on, right on, right on the spot. I know on the local scene, I see some of these race officials that I've worked with on the local tracks. It's a hard job making calls and get, getting it right and trying to remember what's in the rule book. And, you know, geez, <laughs> it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. The other thing that's crazy is like we said earlier, the amount of audio that we have. So uh, are we, are we good with our audio now from the, from yeah. the Xfinity series yeah, on we're Saturday? Done, we're done with that, yeah. Okay. Well, we've got one more series, Mike, uh, when it comes to NASCAR that will be in Phoenix as well, battling for their championships. And that is the, uh, the truck series. They will be battling out the camping world truck series, which is in their final run because next season we go back to the old goodie, the craftsman truck series, um, will be back and it'll take me half the season to remember that it's craftsman again. Yeah. And not camping world. So, um, but regardless, uh, we've got a good one going on guys. We've, uh, we've got Ben Rhodes 
who will be battling, uh, looking to go back to back in his title. So defending his title run, then he'll be defending it against uh, Ty Majeski, who has won two out of the last three races. So probably as far as statistically might be the favorite going in because of the big momentum behind him, Mike. Um, And then you got the Smiths, no relation to each other, but you got Zane Smith who finished second in the standings the last two years. Um, so he's been the bridesmaid and never the bride. So he's he's hungry to get that to, to get that win. And Chandler Smith, who won Phoenix from the pole last spring. Um, so it, I loved all these little stories. I was trying to you know look and see on, on the guys. And it's like, OK, I'm like, man, each one of them. So you've got Ben Rhodes, who's going to be trying to go back to back. The last person to do it, I believe, was his teammate, Matt Crafton, I think is the last person who has gone back to back in the truck series. Um, then, like I said, Ty won two of the last three races. So you would think he's the big, including the last race at Homestead. Um, so, you know, like we said, when it comes to momentum, he's definitely got it. Uh, Zane Smith, though, hungry to win. He, you know, know. been the runner up the last two years. So it's like, come on. And then, like we said, Chandler Smith, who, uh, when you look to guys who won the last race at Phoenix, when they raced her the last time, this guy did it from the pole. So he's got, you know, all this knowledge and, and stuff. They're probably going to bring back the same setup or try to go with that, with what they ran the last time. I love it. I think that truck series race is going to be phenomenal. I, I do too. And, and uh, it's like throwing the dice, the crap shoot on who's going to win this thing. I mean, but I'm going to go with Ben Rhodes. If I pick a, uh, uh, you know, a favorite, I'm just going to go with him. Uh, I like, I like his driving style. He, I, I just love this truck series in the beginning with, uh, I've always said it's a great developmental series for these drivers. We've seen some great races at Texas, they put on a good show at Coda this year. Some of the, the tracks that they've been at, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of the races are at night at some of these tracks. They they kind of get the Friday night pull of the of the ticket, you might say, on the draw there on when they're going to be running. It's, sometimes they have them on Saturday afternoons. But, but, but the Friday night races, when they're racing, these guys put on one hell of a show. And all those drivers have done well this year, like you said, and, and but I'm my my money's going to be on Ben Rhodes this weekend to get a uh, get the uh, Camping World Truck title. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll since we both picked Noah in the Xfinity Series, I'll go different here. And I actually feel this too. I, it's just kind of do I want to go Zane Smith or Ty? Um, you know what? I'm going to go Zane Smith because I just think the fact that he's finished second the last two years, you know, finished yeah. runner up. I think he's going to be hungry for the win. So I'll go with uh, Zane Smith. Now watch. It'll probably be Chandler Smith who, <laughs> uh, or so, but again, that's, that'll be my pick. So you got Ben, I got Zane Smith and we'll see what happens uh, Friday night. Yeah. And it's going to be good. And that, that Saturday, I mean, that Friday night race is always a cool looking when the sun's going down and everything, and you see the Arizona de- desert off in the distance and stuff, it looks great on TV. I, I just love it. I love Rattlesnake it. Hill right there. It's uh, yeah. fun stuff. I've been up on it. I, I've been to that track several times. I love it there in Goodyear, Arizona, uh, yeah. right outside of, uh, of Phoenix. So it's a, a fun, fun track to go to. And uh, great the weather, the weather, usually the weather is perfect. 
Yeah, I've been there once when it wasn't. Um, I actually was there when it decided, you know, to rain, to pour down rain one year. And then there was another year I was there where it was the weather was good, but the bugs. Oh, my God. It was just Remember, I could like and they talked I, about it during the, you couldn't open your mouth because you would swallow bugs. That's how bad it was. I remember that. And I, I wonder what kind of bug that was. I can't remember. I don't know. It, it was, was it was, it was disgusting. Annoying, it was like an apocalypse, hell. like annoying as hell. <laughs> it was finally because <laughs> I remember standing on pit road, like talking to people, which it's hard enough to talk to people on pit road anyways. But we were down there and we had our shirts up, you know, and I'm doing it for Mike because he can see me. But we put our shirts up over our face and we're talking yeah. like that. I tell you, it would have worked great during covid with masks. Oh, with That's mask. when I would have yeah. wished I would have had a mask because I had to use my shirt to block the bugs from coming in. Um, and I also I remember. Um, now I wear glasses anyways, a lot, especially at the track. Cause I can't see distance stuff. So I always have to wear my glasses, yeah. but I want to say I had on like my sunglasses at night or something too, because, uh, they were going in your eyes. They were going every, it was just, it was horrible. Oh, like I said, it, you thought it, you, you were like worried that you, I had headphones on cause I didn't want them in my ears. I, it was, I want to say it was like locust or something. It was bad. It was just terrible. The bugs were that big, or I can't remember because I was, you would think I'd remember because I was traumatized by it, but I don't remember. It was just or crickets or something. It was just gross. It was it was disgusting. Dang. Well, hopefully so. that, that won't happen this year. So. Mm. All right, Mike. Well, NHRA. Oh, had it's amazing weekend. <laughs> tell you what, the drag racing in Las Vegas this past weekend at the Strip was amazing and um I'll just start off t- uh, with uh talking about erica enders our texas girl from houston uh, who now resides in oklahoma well that's where the shop is up there so she's kind of living up there but she gets it done dawn gets her fifth world championship her 10th it's a record 10 10th uh victory of the season her ninth victory in vegas nine wins there she has more wins there than any other driver <clears throat> in NHRA history, and she gets her 43rd career win, just dominates, 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 and just cl- clinches it. Now, the World Finals is is next weekend in Pomona, and In-N-Out Burger, is, they announced the other day that they're going to be the sponsor of the of the track. Mm-hmm. It's going to be called the In-N-Out. Um, uh, uh, right now, it's called Auto Club Speed, Speedway, so I think it's going to be called in and out speedway or in and out dragway or something like that. But anyway, anyway, they have landed a huge sponsorship there, but Erica gets it done. She beats her teammate, Troy Coughlin Jr. In the final, she has a run of 6.66. I'm sorry. 6.640 seconds at 206 miles an hour. And just, just gets that Wally and that great trophy. And, uh, and that's in the pro stock class. So, we uh, caught up with her in the uh, media center afterwards. Here's what she had to say about the win and the championship. And it's uh, it's been a dream come true, honestly. You know, we we set out like we set out every year to to go out and win as many races as we can, and to ultimately win the world championship. And you know, in the fashion in which we lost the championship last year, Greg had a dominant car, and it still came down to the wire in Pomona. We've sported the number two all year, but coming in that lit that fire under our butt, the guys in the engine shop, my guys in the race car shop, and then myself behind the wheel of the car, I just, we wanted to be the champs again, and, and that's the mentality we had, and we 
it was a dog fight. I mean, it still is. We got one more race left, but, um, you know, I'm proud of him. I'm really, really proud of him because it's, it's easy to get lazy and just go through the motions. So you got to get up and you got to be hungry and, and fight tooth and nail every single week. So there you go. So she, uh, gets it done. And, uh, now the other drama that took place was these point races in the top fuel and funny car. Oh my goodness, Don, um, in top fuel, Brittany force jumped back into the points lead, uh, coming into the race, she was trailing Justin Ashley and Justin Ashley had like a, like a 82 point lead going into the weekend. And he gets beat in the first round of the, of competition gets knocked out. And Brittany just goes all the way with a dominant performance goes all the way to the final round wins, um, her race with a 3.705 run at 332 miles an hour. She goes into, uh, uh, Pomona now with a points lead. It's, it's a narrow, narrow points lead, but she does have the points lead. It's points and a half at this next race. And, it, you know, anybody could, could, could get the, uh, the, the championship still. There's a couple other drivers that are in contention. Ashley could, could come back and, and upset her. She, she gets knocked out. So it's just, uh, it's just crazy to see what's going to take place or what the possibilities of what could take place. But it basically it looks like, uh, <clears throat> Brittany, Justin Ashley, Mike Salinas, who that's who Brittany beat in the, uh, in the final round, uh, to, to get the victory. Uh, so Mike made it all the way to the end there. And then, uh, Antron Brown. So it's like a four, four driver race. You might say, uh, Steve Torrance is kind of too far back now, I think, unless the, all four of those guys would go out in the first round. So, there's uh, a possibility that he could have a long shot, but I, probably not going to happen. But we're going to have a new champion, I'm sure, this year in top fuel. And Steve Torrance's run of four championships is coming to an end there. So there, so that's what the drama was there in uh, in top fuel. Crazy. Crazy stuff. And then Brittany's <laughs> other John Force racing teammate, John uh, Robert Height, he – basically uh came into the, to the race when the, with the points lead in in the funny car go he goes all the way to the finals with Matt Hagen now and at the race at Texas Robert beat Matt in the final to win so this last weekend Matt beat Robert to win mm. so it was it was it was like vice versa there and uh now looking at the points lead it's uh Robert goes in with, um, if I do the math right, it looks like it's a 61-point lead over Ron Capps. Matt Hagen's in third, and John Force is in fourth. But with points and a half, the spread is so thin that if Robert, Ron, or Matt gets knocked out in the first round, John Force goes all the way to the finals. John Force could, could win and possibly be the champion. I mean, there's all these scenarios that could take place with points and a half. But I, I would imagine it's going to come down to a three-driver uh, race for the championship between Robert, Ron Caps, and Matt Hagen. So that's going to be a really dandy. And and the, if the weather holds true in California, usually it's cool and low humidity and record runs. You know, it produces record runs if there's not much wind or anything. And so uh, that's going to be great. And then Matt Smith won. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, Matt Smith did not win. Hector Arana, this is a guy, Matt Smith is the points leader. 
going into the motorcycle class, but uh, Hector Rana, who won in Texas, scraped up enough money to get get to Las Vegas. The guy gets to Vegas with a, running on a shoestring budget, just came off of a win, a remarkable win at Dallas, gets to the final, <laughs> wins his second <laughs> race in a row. Wow. And he, from what I understand, <laughs> he secured sponsorship for the final race at Pomona, and possibly next season. So, so this this Hector Arana guy, uh, junior, who's raced before, and he had a great sponsorship with Lucas Oil for many many years. Don, he um, lost that sponsorship, so he's been running on a shoestring budget part time, two, three, four races a year, and that's all. But now he's back at it, and he he won't get the championship or anything. But just to dominate here at the end, he's stealing the show from all these other guys that are racing for the title. So uh, it's, it was a crazy weekend uh, in Vegas. They had the costumes going, they had, uh, you know, uh, Halloween and, and all kind of stuff. And um, just, uh, they had uh, big parties at the track, huge fan turnout, just, just a great, great day for the NHRA. And then <laughs> one more thing I wanted to mention, Tony Stewart. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, which a lot of eyes were there to see him. He competes in his very first NHRA um, top alcohol dragster race. That's a class below the pro classes, but these guys are still running in the five or six second range. They're running 275 miles an hour, and Tony gets out there. Now, he has gone through some testing. He has been to the Frank Hawley Drag Racing Driving School. He has made several different test runs in, in different cars because uh, he wants to eventually be running top fuel with his wife, Leah. But he gets out there. Not only does he qualify, qualifies number two after the qualifying rounds. Then he marches all the way to the final round on, and he goes up against Madison Payne. And get this. This is how close it was. She ran a 5262 he ran a 5.258, so his ET, his elapsed time, was actually faster than hers, but she was running faster. She 275 miles an hour. He was, he went 271, and, and she got a whole-shot victory over him, so he barely lost that race. He was that close to winning his first-ever Wally Trophy at the, on his very first start. That's basically unheard of. So, man, Tony look great and that's a very competitive class there's some really hot shoes in there that normally do well so he had some stiff competition it wasn't like he just jumped in a super super duper car and, and had it easy he had to really work at it but uh it, it was very impressive and it just goes to show you tony's run stock cars dirt cars sprints midgets he, it seems like whatever the guy does he does well in and I wouldn't be surprised next year he's not going to compete for a championship. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy yeah. stuff. So, um, well, Mike. Um, anyway, that's enough in that uh, NHRA. But it, oh. was a great, it was a great weekend. And, and the the finals are at Pomona, California. It'll be all over uh, Fox and FS1 this next weekend. So, check out the coverage. And then we're done. <laughs> I have to look. I wonder how far Pomona, California is from Phoenix. Well, let me turn around and ask Alexa. Sure. Alexa, what's the distance between Pomona, California, and Phoenix, Arizona? Phoenix is 232.1 miles away by car. 
343 miles. Oh, okay. So a little further from San Antonio to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. about that it's not bad no okay interesting um all right mike well uh we're gonna get ready to go through here really quick uh and give some statistical stats that's a hard thing to say fast a few times statistical stats sound like i'm trying to say testicles statistical (laughs) um uh, here for the cup series race. And then we're going to, we're going to give all these stats, which will hopefully help us with our picks. Mike, we're going to, so keep this in the back of your mind. As always, we will be picking first who we feel will be the race winner at Phoenix second, who wins the championship title. And it could be the same person. Um, usually in, uh, or as of late, it has been, it's been who wins the race, wins it. So, uh, we'll see, but basically we are getting all of this from Jay Ski. Uh, they, they break down every week, the statistical advance, uh, standings and stuff for each track. Well, they've got this for Phoenix specific statistics. That's another thing to say hard, or that's hard to say. I should say <laughs> easy for you to say, whatever. So we haven't been drinking. <laughs> no, we haven't. Good Lord. So anyway, we're going to start here. I'm going to start with Joey Logano, of course, uh, driver of the number 22 team Penske Ford. Uh, his season to date driver rating is 89.5, which is sixth best overall. His 2022 rundown, he has three wins, 10 top five, 16 top tens, and three poles. He's led 597 laps and had an average finish of 13.8 for the season. At Phoenix, his Phoenix Raceway Outlook, he has two wins, seven top fives, 15 top tens, and one pole. His average finish at Phoenix of 13,111 is seventh best. I don't know what, oh, I'm sorry, 13.111 is seventh best. His average running position of 11.287 is sixth best overall. His driver rating of 94.7 is seventh best. He um, He's run 304 fastest laps run, which is eighth best. 6,202 laps in the top 15, which is 73.6%. That's the sixth most. And he has 687 quality passes, which is the sixth most overall at Phoenix among the active drivers. Not bad. No, that's a lot of stats. But I think he gets, we'll see. It may get better with Christopher. You got that info. Well, Christopher Bell will be driving the number 20 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. His season-to-date driver rating is a 91.2, which is fifth best. In 2022, he won has three wins, 12 top fives, 19 top tens, and four poles. He led 573 laps with an average finish of 13.9. Now, the outlook here at Phoenix, he has two top tens. His average finish is 17.000, which is 14th best. He has an average running position of 16.145 which is 16th best. His driver rating is a 76.1, which is 17th best. He's had 24 fastest laps run, 22nd best. And he's also had 664 laps in the top 25, uh, in the top 15, which is for a 42.5% average there, which is 22nd most. And he has 185 quality passes, which is 20th most overall there 
All right. Ross Chastain, driver of the number one Trackhouse Racing Chevrolet. His season-to-date driver rating is 93.4, which makes him the second-best rated driver overall for the season. His 2022 rundown, he has two wins, 14 top fives, 20 top tens. He led 692 laps, and he has an average finish of 13.5. His Phoenix Raceway Outlook, one top five, one top ten. Average finish of 20.500 is 23rd best. Average running position of 22.504 is 28th best. Driver rating of 57.7 is 26th 26th best. 22 fastest laps run is 23rd best. 582 laps in the top 15 is 23.3%, which is 23rd most. And he has 138 quality passes, which is 22nd most. So Ross's stats at at Phoenix aren't exactly the same as everybody else's, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything, Mike, does it? No, it doesn't. (laughs) The way things are going with Ross this year, he might want to have some watermelons on standby uh, come Sunday. (laughs) We'll, We'll see. So anyway, so we move on now to the last driver that will be competing in the um, championship four, and that's excuse me, Chase Elliott in the number nine Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet. His season-to-date driver rating is a ninety-nine point two, which is the best in the series. So mm-hmm. good, good for Chase here. In two thousand twenty-two, the the rundown he's had five wins, twelve top fives, twenty top tens, and three poles. He's led a total of eight hundred and fifty-seven laps. And he has an average finish of 12.0. At Phoenix, look at his outlook there and how he's raced there in the past. He has one win, five top fives, eight top tens, and one pole. And he has an average finish of 10.692, which is third best overall. His average running position is a 7.861, which is also the series best there. Uh, He has a driver rating, Don, get this, 109.9 which is second best overall there. He's had 397 fast, fastest laps run, seventh best. He's had uh, 3,525, uh, I'm sorry, 3,520 laps in the top 15%, which is an 86.4% average there, 10th most overall. And he has 408 quality passes, which is the 11th most there in that category as well. So, uh uh, Chase looks pretty good on on paper. I don't know if he can get it done, but uh, on paper he looks probably the best of the four. I, w- I would think. And among the active NASCAR Cup Series drivers, uh, past champions that we have that will be running in this race, you have Kyle Busch. That's two titles. Kyle Larson, of course, with one title. Chase Elliott uh, again is contending in here, and so is Joey Logano. Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, and Brad Keselowski, all past champions that are still active and running. And Mike, I just wanted to throw this out there. NASCAR Cup Series season finale playoff fast facts at Phoenix Raceway. Um, It marks the third year that the NASCAR Cup Series championship race will be held there. Um, Since the inception of the playoffs in NASCAR Cup Series in 2004, Phoenix Raceway has occupied three different positions on the postseason schedule. Um, okay. A lot of that stuff. I don't care about a total of 11 different drivers have won the NASCAR cup series playoff races at Phoenix raceway. 
Kevin Harvick leads the NASCAR Cup Series in playoff race wins at Phoenix Raceway with four victories. That was 2006, 2012, 2013, and 2014. And since hosting the series championship race, the winner of the race has also won the NASCAR Series title. Uh, Chase Elliott won at Phoenix Raceway on November 8th, 2020, and Kyle Larson won at Phoenix on November 7th, 2020. So uh, very interesting facts, Mike, to keep in mind while you go to pick your winners for not only the race, but for the championship. I'm putting you on the spot who you got for your race winner at Phoenix, man, for the, for the champion or the race winner, the race winner. Well, as crazy as this season has been with the new car and all the different winners and all the shenanigans and things we've seen here and there and, I'm just going to have to say Ross Chastain is going to win this race. Okay. And so then if Ross, if Ross wins the race, Ross wins the championship. So um, that's what I'm saying uh, across the board there. Uh, I know he's pissed off some people and everything, but it just seems like no matter what happens, this guy is somewhere there. He's managed to keep himself alive in this playoff race and, you know, he it was remarkable at Coda when I saw him win this year and some of the other things that he's done. And I just I just think that um, as crazy as things is, that this is the way it might play out. Uh, that's one scenario, and that's probably what I'm going to stick with overall. Okay. Oh, so you might be changing your scenario eventually. See, this, is, this week well, we're not going with our long shots and all those. It's just one mm-hmm. and one. <laughs> Yeah, my other crazy scenario would be Christopher Bell wins the damn thing. Oh, okay. And the, and the, you know, and the, it's either one of those two, but I'm really going with Ross because I don't know. I just got this feeling I, I, I that he's going to do it. He's going to pull it out somehow, somewhere, some, I don't know. Well, I like that. I like your feeling. And you know what? So I'm going to, I'll do two as well then. I'll do two scenarios as well, but I'm not going to pick Ross just so I don't jinx him. Um, so I like that scenario that you have. I would like to see my heart win. I would like to see Ross take it. Um, what I'm going to say is after reading those stats and stuff, and then just kind of looking into how things went down this season towards the end of the season, I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick for the win. Um, I'm going to say Kevin Harvick wins this race. And then, um, (laughs) I would like to see Ross win the championship. And I, so I'm going to say that Ross wins the championship and I, God, I feel like I'm going to jinx him by doing that. But the way I feel it is the last few races, Mike, he has just made himself where he needs to be. He's been up there in the top five running. Although we could say the same thing about Christopher Bell. Um, That's true. That's why I'm kind of going with him as a, as a long, if we had a long shot, you know, that's yeah. a long, that's my long shot. Well, second, second scenario there. My second scenario is going to be the safe one, the safe bet to go with. And I'm going to say Chase Elliott wins the race. Chase Elliott wins the championship. Um, yeah. I, that would bore me to death and I don't want it to happen. But, you know, that, that'll that be my my second prediction. So, um, so you know what's going to end up happening. Joey Logano will win it all. Win the whole damn thing, and we won't even consider him. You know. Okay. Well, here which, I, which, I tell you what he's got a great shot at doing it. He has performed extremely well this year, but he's kind of been quiet. I I think 
He's kind of he's been up and down. He's been yeah. very up and down. He's kind of stayed under the radar a little bit. There's been other people that have gotten the, the attention and gotten in trouble, you might say. And but mm-hmm. Joey's kind of he's always there. He's always there at the finish, and he, he might he might do it. Steve Latart said this week, and I thought it was a great point that um, they were like, you know, do you think it's a, dis- a disadvantage because he has been so up, up, up and down all season and stuff? And Steve said, no, absolutely not. I say, in fact, I think he has the advantage going in here because he's been locked in on him and his team have been locked in on Phoenix for two and a half weeks now or three yeah. weeks. You know, actually, since he won the first race and secured his spot, they didn't care about they they didn't do anything about Homestead or 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 Vegas or whatever or I think they won at Vegas. So what at Homestead and Martinsville, they could care less. They've been locked in on on Phoenix and concentrating on Phoenix. So he may actually have the advantage going in there because they have they've had already a couple of weeks up on these other teams to get prepared. Um so okay Mike, we'll do one more one more fun little game before we wrap okay. up this, you know, like marathon of a show that it's gonna or that it, it's turned into. So my let's put those four guys list them in order how you would like to see it go down like it you know one two three four you mean yeah okay so ross first joey second chris rebel third and chase fourth okay so that's how you'd like to see it go down okay um or that's okay. how I think, it, I think it's going to go down. Oh, that's how you think it's going to go down. Okay. How would you like oh, to see it go down like, like in your heart? Okay. Well, Ross, Christopher, Joey, Chase. Okay. See? I had to flip those two. Okay. Know. And I'm kind of torn, which I can't believe because, you know, I'm 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 a Joey fan and stuff too. But I, I have to say I've been impressed with Christopher Bell because I think Christopher Bell was on his way out. I really do. I really think that at at one point, I think he, you know, and he's got, um, this was discussed too on, on the download, but, um, I I can't Uh, remember. uh, Adam Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. Is is his crew chief. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. And, you know, it's like, they've been kind of moved around and I don't know. I just think, you know, of course he was the fourth driver there at Gibbs, you know, so he was always, you know, the tier four guy. And I really think there for a while before it was all said and done with the Kyle Bush situation, mm-hmm. I think it was Ty Gibbs had the best chance of getting in there and just going into that 20 car, I think was what was going to happen. Yeah. But I mean, looking at it, well, of course, now Christopher's, you know, in there going for the win, but it wasn't like he snuck in. I mean, he literally won his way in in, yeah. in two of those rounds. So, um, I mean, you have to say that he's the top guy then right now. You know, I mean, he's representing this team. So he's carrying a lot of weight and momentum. He so. is. So I don't know. I mean, um, I think I'm still going to say my mind would be Chastain, Logano, Bell, than Elliot, I think, okay. but but my second and third, I could honestly be happy either way. Well, that's with, why I, I flipped it when you asked me, you know, go with your heart and yeah, flip those two. You know, I moved uh, Christopher to second. Yeah, Joey so. third. You know, so well, oh, well it's gonna we'll be a great, great weekend. I think we are gonna have so much to talk about to wrap up our season. Um, I would normally say that it would be a, you know, a, a wrap up show one, a one wrap, but Mike, we might have to take two weeks to wrap it up. I don't know. Well, that's uh, true, But that just goes to show you what this whole season has been about this though, from the get go, from the, from the clash at the Coliseum, which I thought was going to be a crappy race. Remember? I was yeah. You, you, were so, you were poo-pooing it before it ever even went down. 
<laughs> exactly. And I was wrong. It was one of the best <laughs> races like, we've ever seen. <laughs> I was wrong. You know, like, remember the Fonz? Yeah. Happy Days, he couldn't say, he couldn't admit that he was wrong, you know? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's been a great year. You know, the, the new car, all the different winners. We we had a different schedule this year. There's lots of different things. And to me, NASCAR is on a roll. I hope this train keeps going because I think 2023 is going to even be better. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got, you know, the rumors of Kyle now maybe running IndyCar. Uh, you've got, you know, some other drivers right now. You know, today the news came out about Jimmy Johnson being now a owner slash partner with uh, Petty GMS, yeah. which that's two seven-time champions running that company or, you know, they're in that company. That's crazy. That is yeah, And Jimmy's going to bring a lot more to that organization, which they stepped their game up this year. Yeah. Stuff we'll talk about on the wrap-up show, you know, who did what and what did who and everything. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, man, it's just, it's just been a great year, Don. And what a, what a great weekend that's coming up. Hope everybody watches the races because I think if you don't, you're going to miss out on some fantastic uh, events and things that take place on and off the track. Uh, we want to make sure, first of all, to thank you guys for tuning in, as always. Uh, we want to thank, you know, got NASCAR on Fox, NASCAR, uh, our M- NASCAR on NBC, uh, NASCAR in general, all of the YouTube channels that they all have and the, uh, the social media. Yeah, because we get all of our audio and stuff, most of it from them. We get audio from different guys, Bob Pockras and uh, Dan McFadden and some others as well. Um, but most of the audio comes from those YouTube pages and links and stuff. So, uh, gracious, to, uh, you know, so grateful to them, the many, many guests that we've had on, which of course we'll do all of those things during the wrap up. But for this show, um, definitely want to thank our great friend, Bernard Pollard, make sure you check out his podcast and stuff as well. As always, I got to thank you for putting up with me and sticking around and, and doing this another year. You know, I, um, Facebook memory. Well, th- th- thank you for those compliments and everything. But uh, I thought of you today when the Facebook memory popped up from nine years ago, or maybe, or maybe it was thirteen years ago. I don't remember. It was you and I and JJ Yaley in the in the media center, not, not in the media center, in the radio booth, uh, broadcasting booth there at Texas Motor Speedway. Wow, that was a long time ago, and we've been doing this a long time. And then we uh, one came up the other day of all of us at the. Uh, at Bjorn's when we did that live remote and, and that's been that a long time Chip ago. was with us. Yeah. Chip was with us back then. So it's been, it's been a great ride at 18 seasons and, uh, got to keep, keep this train going too. So gosh, I know, I, you know, <laughs> you know, you're going to want to do it. Start doing it again in January. I know. Well, especially when, when shit goes down, like you did the other day, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, how could I want to turn away? All I wanted to do, I was up till like two or three in the morning, repost the same damn videos over and over of Ross Chastain, but from different people's, you know, and it's like every time I saw it, every time I watched it, it was like the first time I had seen it. That's unlike anything I've ever seen and probably never will see again. Maybe that's why I had the shingles outbreak. Maybe that was the stress of it all. Like my body was just like, cause I was going nuts over it. I mean, it's like, yeah, it was exciting. Well, you called me, you called, you started texting me and calling me and yeah, cause you were, you weren't home and you were uh, recording the race. I'm like, Mike, I would never do this to you. (laughs) I I would never like ruin it for you, but I have to run it for you. I have to send this to you. Please watch it. And you were like, okay. 
holy crap. Wasn't it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> that was the best spoiler anyone's ever done for me. You know, And just the amount of, uh, we talked about it earlier in the show, but the amount of coverage it's gotten, the amount of responses, I mean, from, from Formula One drivers to NFL athletes to uh, Pat, what's his name? Pat McAfee, whatever, uh, or why he plays in the NFL, but then he also does stuff with um, WWE too. I mean, everyone and their mom was commenting about this. And when you make the network news on the big three, ABC, NBC, CBS, stuff like that on their, on their stations, (laughs) that's, that's, that's huge, Don. Yeah, definitely. What is it? What do you call it? It's the, is it the um, ESPYs, right? That's what ESPN does at the end. So if that move is not like considered what the best, like one of the best moves in sports or whatever it is, best play of 2022 or what, that has to be a nominee or a nomination. If not, then it's a travesty because. What I love is the fact that when you look at the lap chart. And all the laps are in the 20 second race. You see 18 seconds, 18 <laughs> I love it. And, and then Parker Klingerman, which we heard from the comment he made about, you know, he figured the math on how, how it was 100, 100 and what? Like 130 miles an hour. Or something like that on, on, a, on a half mile you know, paperclip oval, that's just unbelievable. Well, and that's why it looks so crazy. And it looks so like it wasn't real because he literally was in that turn 130 miles an hour before it stopped. So the other guys next to him are going 60. So that's yeah. why, I mean, he was. <laughs> it was almost like something you see on Benny Hill where they speed everything up. cars going, you Oh my gosh, that was great stuff. So uh, it's still like, it's it's just like, I can't yeah. not, in fact, I'll tell you, I sent a text to, you know, my aunt, uh, Lydia, yeah. I sent her, She she's not a NASCAR fan, but she's a big sports fan in general. And I was like, I've got to send this to you. She's like, I saw that you talking about something, but I didn't watch it. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to send you a few things. And she was just like in all caps, holy shit. She goes, that was so <laughs> awesome. And then she's like, the driver reactions are the best too. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Joey Logano, I think had the best. <laughs> he was just dying. I'm like what? <laughs> yeah, it was great. So, all right, Mike. Well, uh, like I said, I had goosebumps after that. I cannot wait to see what happens here at Phoenix in all three series. So uh, I look forward to watching it and I'll be tweeting, I'll be Facebooking, I'll, you know, be doing everything. And then we'll get back here next week and we'll recap it for everyone. And we hope you guys tune in as well. Sounds great. All right, Mike, have yourself a great week. Pace yourself the rest of the week. Get lots of rest because we're going to need it for this weekend. Thank God the Cowboys have a bye. Thank yeah. goodness. I can't deal with that either. I can't deal with any of that and this on top of it. So uh, we'll see what happens. Let's see what happens in the final four race at Phoenix, guys. Have a great weekend and enjoy your championship race.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.